Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Are you going for this? Try to put it on There's the water. Hello? 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 Hello, can you hear us? No, you got me on speaker. Take me off speaker. From this one, we're having some board issues here. I can hear it. Either. I couldn't hear it all a while ago. Okay, we'll use this microphone. Hello, hello. Hello, I can hear it. I can hear you. Okay, okay. Um, the time is. Oh, my phone says completely different. Six fifty-eight. Okay, so my phone. Two ones we have, Rich. Three? Oh, we're exactly on the board right now. Oh, yeah? Okay, I didn't have the audio then. I have that one. I just need the two yellow ones. Here he goes, dude. Put the little box up. Hello, hello. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. show today, so you have to do it all once. Hey, when are you going to be ready to go? Well, just give it every day. Let us know. I got Duke on the mic here. I got myself and Duke, so we're ready here. Uh, offense. This is offense, offense. No, that's good. You're good. Perfect. Yeah, that's the brother. Not into that. 
If you want to pull up the uh, scoreboard tonight. Yeah, I don't remember the website, but you guys got five seconds. Oh, wow. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the coaching show brought to you by the coach himself. It's Dan here as uh, tonight. Uh, good Duke, we are uh, in San Antonio. Northeast Independent School District Stadium, better known as Comalander Stadium, Blossom Athletic City, a stadium that uh, the Wildcats are very familiar with. Uh, we played here over the years, uh, not only in football, but right behind the uh, stadium is the uh, baseball complex where uh, many games have been taking place here at the uh, baseball stadium as well. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Lake Travis was one of the opponents here in 2000. I think 2007, maybe, and then uh, I know a couple of years ago when we advanced to, to play Manville, we played uh, one of the uh, original uh, final games here as well. I think it was against Bernie or something like that. But anyway, we have some great matchups here uh, tonight. Then a little bit late, so we didn't get to catch up with Coach Danaher, uh, the now uh, all-time winning high school football coach in Texas high school history. Last week, picked up 427, going for 428. From now on, he breaks his own record going forward. But uh, welcome to the show, Coach, dude. I appreciate it. You know, it's, uh, like you said, we've been here a lot, but it's actually my first time to be around this uh, this new complex down here. And, man, I was down there on the field in the uh, the pregame, and it's beautiful out there. You know, it's 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 wide open. There's a bunch of stuff around it. And the kids were kind of talking about how dark it was right when the sun was about to go down, but now the sun's fully down. You know, it's starting to brighten up a little bit. But it was, a, it was an eerie little feeling down there. It kind of looked a little dark, but you look around, man, there's athletics in over here to our left and the big scoreboard with the big uh, video board over there to the right. So definitely uh, – a uh, top of the line place, and then we're in here, and it's like we're in a in an office almost up here in this press box. A beautiful press box up here that we got on this home side, so it's a great venue here tonight for sure. It sure is. Again, it's going to be not going to have a crowd noise tonight. Uh, again, we are in an enclosed press box. Uh, Coach Duke is kind enough to bring the monitor tonight, so we'll have uh, the assistance of our monitor in the press box. It's going to be from Northeast San Antonio. Thanks for being with us on a Friday night as we get ready for tonight's matchup between the Kelly Wildcats and the Uvalde Coyotes. And I was trying to dig through my history. We do have uh, Coach Fredrickson, our uh, part of our staff here, uh, with our, uh, still working our stats tonight. And I was trying to recall if we've ever played Vivaldi in football. And I couldn't think of when we've ever had. I know we've played in baseball, and, uh, you know, thinking back in the baseball days, but I could not recall. And, and, again, I haven't been doing this forever, but I've been doing it for a long time. And I can usually remember who we've played, and I could not. People were asking, I don't think we've ever played him in football. So, it's one of the few schools that we haven't played that I can think of. And Coach Gunnison said he looked at his records and, and back in his uh, time capsule. And so it was a school that uh, we, I don't think we've played in football. It's pretty interesting, Mike. You know, like you're saying, I believe uh, my junior year of high school, we played them in baseball, and I think we might have played them a couple more times after that. But, you know, with the district changing every year, and especially with us going to this 11-team district and stuff like that, so it, it always gets mixed around. So, you know, we might end up playing some more teams that we haven't played here in the in the near future, you know, especially with – Eagle Pass win and a couple other new schools coming in. So uh, we might have a, a couple, uh, you know, not so familiar faces here in the playoffs. Now, again, I don't know the best memory, but you just talked about playing them in baseball in, during high school. 
Remember a lefty pitcher that went on to play for Texas A&M or was maybe as a righty pitcher. Lefty. Lefty. Was it a lefty pitcher? I think it was your senior year. Brooks Rayleigh. And I think I played him at the, uh, so, I can't even remember the complex. It's right off of 90. And, uh, I had the blue fence. That's all I remember. Yeah. There you go. And I don't the reason I remember that. I got to ride with Big Larry that game. So, <laughs> you know, but, so yeah, I, mean, yeah I, I can remember these things. It was Brooks Rayleigh, and it was there. Uh, so, again, I do remember playing Baldy in baseball. I don't have the best memory, but I, I can't recall that series. It was played uh, here in San Antonio. But first time that we played the Coyotes in uh, football, they are maroon and white. Uh, they represent uh, their district. They have uh, uh, coming with their record, uh, Coach Duke. They're coming with a 73 record, 3-2 district uh, uh, 29. They're the third-place uh, representatives. Uh, you know, these kids can put some points on the board. Uh, they have a good defense, but tonight they're going to have their hands full. Right now, the Carol, uh, it's hard to say what the strength of our team is. because I, I feel like this is one of our most balanced teams. But I'm going to have to give the edge to the defense. I think our defense is playing really good football, playing uh, uh, you know, fundamental football. They're, they're playing their gaps. The second group is playing well. Linebackers are attacking. And they're forcing, forcing a lot of their turnovers. They're giving us, a, you know, giving us great field position. So right now, going into the playoffs, I think our defense is really keeping us in a lot of these games and putting us in a good position for our offense. You look at the, you know, the teams in the 90s, and again, when we went to state in 2005, we uh, – we had a couple of games, you know, and we didn't score many points. I think we ended up winning the game 14-13, uh, another game 13-10 to 10 or something like that. So you got to really put a, you know, just put a lot of emphasis on your defense. And when you're going, going into the playoffs playing good defense like we are, you know, that's a great feeling to have. And like you said, you know, we've been playing solid defense. And I think one of the bigger things, Mike, is, you know, we uh, kind of slipped up for that one play last week against Fire Buff, one for about 45 yards. But other than that, for the, the majority of the year, you know, we stayed out of the way of the big play. And that's what will hurt you. And uh, a lot of times we come in and, you know, we've played fundamental defense, like you said. In the second half, we've been, you know, holding people to absolutely nothing. Uh, I've seen last week they may have had 40 yards in the second half. And if you look back into the, the prior weeks, you know, in, our, in the second half, we held a lot of opponents under 50 yards in the second half. So uh, those halftime adjustments have been coming up clutch for us. And we just been playing really lights out on defense. And I, like you said, I think that's a – that's the uh, strength of our, our ball club so far. And then, you know, obviously our offense has come a long way from the beginning of the year. And uh, they've been, look like they've been starting to hit on all cylinders a little bit, getting that passing game going a little bit. And uh, obviously going back to our, our, our multiple backs back there with Hawkins and Brown and Gage and Duff and Gaddis and all those guys toting the ball around. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a good feeling to have right now when your defense is playing the way they are and our offense is starting to get the ball rolling. There you go. The Udali Tigers coming tonight. They are led by their athletic director, head football coach Gary Griffin. Uh, again, we do represent uh, District 29, 5A, third place team out of the district. Uh, we talked about the uh, record coming into today's game. They're coming 73 and uh, overall 3 and 2 district play, so uh, out of three losses, two of those did come in district. Uh, as we kind of look at their schedule here, uh, last week against Wynn, uh, they uh, went over to El Paso. They were kind of a weird district. They were uh, going over to El Paso, and they came up uh, short on that game, 31 to 0. Uh, the other district loss was against Floresville. That game was also played in Floresville. But a 56-3 shootout in that district. Uh, so then that was uh, two of their district losses. And their only other loss of the year was against Gonzalez. And uh, all three of the games on the road there, Coach Duke, they lost to Gonzalez 40-22. to And as you know, Colin comes in with a 9-1 record. Our only loss was to uh, San Antonio Johnson. Uh, Johnson is a, a big school out of the uh, San Antonio area and really had an opportunity to, 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 to take that game late. But uh, offense was still trying to find its groove. They came up short. Other than that, the Wildcats have been really riding a good streak here as they get into tonight's game. We're going to take a break real quick. Coming to you from Northeast Independent School District, Carl Landers Stadium in San Antonio. We'll be back with more of Wildcat football 
On 1360, KKTX. Clear. One minute, one minute. Appreciate the water. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm asking. We stopped okay. right down the street here. I don't even know. It's separate. He's with it there right now. Isn't it? I guess there's no changes on our roster. She didn't send me nothing. The, uh, the stadium's always been like this. This press box always been up here. It's been up here a long time. Yeah, we played Lake Travis. It was like this. We were on the other side, though. Yeah. We were visitors. I think the last two times we played here, we were visitors. I'm trying to think who we played here. The year that we went to play. Uh, Chambliss said it was Tyvee. Did we beat Tyvee? Yeah. Did we want to play Manville? I, I couldn't remember who it was. 30 Here's seconds. The, um, how much? 30. Ten seconds. Five seconds. Thank you, Callum. No, but no, no. Thank you. All right, welcome back to the uh, Coaches Show. Coming to you live from San Antonio, Texas, Commander Stadium, Northeast Independent School District. Prime time crew coming at you from the home side of the uh, stadium here at uh, Commander. I'm uh, Mike Guerrero, alongside Coach Ryan Duke, our statistician tonight is Coach Mike Bevington, and our producer tonight, working back in Texas, is Greg Garcia. I'd like to thank everybody for being with us on a Friday night, uh, taking time out of your evening to join us on Friday night football. The Wildcats taking on the U Valley Coyotes in tonight's big matchup, coming to you right here on 1360 KKTX. I'd also like to thank uh, our listeners who are tuning us in tonight on the World Wide Web. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday night to be with us right here uh, from San Antonio. Uh, did a great matchup tonight. Real quickly, we do want to thank uh, uh, Brent Klosterman, the Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. I'd like to wish the Canola Wildcats the best of luck on the 2016 playoff run, whether you're new for home, auto, or life insurance. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance can give your family the protection it deserves. Give Brent, give, uh, Brent Klosterman a call today at 361-815-0608 or stop by his office at 643 South on Highway 77 in Robstown to meet all your insurance needs. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, proud sponsor of tonight's World Wide Web broadcast. Cat's Eye Radio brought to you tonight by Brent Klosterman, and he said to mention to you to make sure you get it right, otherwise he was going to hunt you down. So. You know, I got it wrong the last couple of times. <laughs> farm Bureau's, Farmers Insurance, man, there's a bunch of them. I'll tell you what, he said, well, you want to thank Brent Klosterman at Texas Farm Bureau Insurance for helping us out tonight with the World Wide Web, our broadcast. You can tune us in on 1360KKTX at www.catsiradio.com, and then also our direct connect phone line at 724-898-7823. That's 724-898-7823. The audio will come directly to your cell phone. And, uh, it's, it's a pretty nice little option where you can just pick up your phone if you're driving, Bluetooth it. If you, I mean, we've got people at the game with their headsets on listening. So, uh, again, it's nice to be able to pick up the games here locally, but we've had so many alumni that listen from out of state, out of the country, and have the ability to listen to the Wildcats so they get to enjoy the game wherever they're at. And, uh, again, I'd like to thank uh, Brent Klosterman for helping us out tonight on our World Wide Web podcast. Friday night football, San Antonio. Beautiful evening. 65 degrees. You mentioned me on the field. I actually put me on a little jacket. It's actually comfortable in the press box. But temperatures at 65 degrees. Uh, wind blowing out of the northeast at 2 miles an hour. 
Wind will not be a factor tonight, but uh, towards the end of the game time, they're predicting the weather will be in, in the low 60s, 60, 61 degrees. So, again, this is fall temperature, and uh, Friday night football in November is always good. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful night to play some football. Like you said, the wind was only blowing about one or two miles an hour and down there. And, you know, it was the first time all year I actually got to, to work go down there and without a hat. But every time we're playing in Corpus, you know, that wind's blowing about 20 mile an hour. So I just keep a hat on. This time I was able to, to gel up, you know, show off the new haircut a little bit. And got a couple compliments from some of the, the booster clubs. So got a couple high fives on the way in. But, man, it's uh, just like you said, you know, that, that two mile an hour wind, it's 65 degrees. It's just a, a really beautiful night to play and a, a very fantastic venue we got going on here. You know, I, I walked, when we drove up, man, I was like, man, that's where we're playing. Like, it's, it's really, really nice around here. So. It's a good experience, you know. Like you said, in November football and can't can't beat it. Tell you what, a lot of those guys are giving you compliments from the booster club dude on their new hairstyle, so they don't have any hair. So anybody's <laughs> got a set of hair on top of their head has to look good to those guys. And I want to thank the guys at the booster club as well. They're getting ready. They got their uh, the uh, walkthrough ready. They have the banner ready. Those guys come out work hard. They decorate the stadium. I don't know if they got to put up all their signs tonight. They, yeah, uh, they're down there. Yeah. I know they left some restrictions on uh, noisemakers and what was going to be allowed, uh, you know, different flags. And, uh, again, every stadium is different. I think that kind of surprised me, Duke. Uh, well, I guess it's for security purposes, but, you know, having to walk into the metal detector myself, I had to come into the uh, uh, pass uh, uh, gate and, uh, I you know how to empty out my pockets. And, really? Yeah. You know, my keys, cell phone, everything. And I asked the guys, have y'all had, have y'all had issues? So, no, we never have. We just want to take the precautionary measures to let everybody feel safe. Yeah. And I guess on my behalf, I've never felt unsafe at a football <laughs> game. And, and we didn't really think about it. Like, wow, am I, should I be going through metal detectors? Did you check it into the airport right now? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I felt like I was going to TSA. But anyway, uh, that was one thing that was different for me, walking into the media pass. And, uh, they, yeah, empty your pockets, check out your cell phone keys, everything. And, uh, but anyway, again, it's for, for the uh, security of the fans and the uh, student body. So, uh, whatever they feel like they need to do, it's, uh, it is a good thing, yes, for this community. But beautiful complex coming deep from San Antonio. The last week, the Wildcats uh, not only uh, took on the you know, Fly Bluff Hornets, uh, trying to take the district title of the uh, winner of last week's game and represent the district as the number one seed, and uh, really took care of business. They also had all the media, you know, Channel 6 was there, uh, broadcasting the game on CW. ESPN was there, a lot of the former coaches, former players. Uh, hoping to see Coach Danner who break the record, uh, you know, uh, of uh, G.A. Moore, who the previous week against uh, Moore, the record had been tied at 426. And looking for that 427th win, and then last week, Duke, I mean, just really uh, came up with a big performance against uh, uh, the Fly Bluff Hornets. 31 to 7 was the final. Wildcats came up with 21 unanswered points in the second half. Uh, but really, you think about it, it was uh, Fly Bluff who capitalized. Uh, early in the first quarter with the 7-0 lead. After that, it was Wildcats 31 unanswered points. The second half, the defense, I can't remember how many, uh, they didn't allow hardly any yardage, but uh, just a fantastic game uh, to pick up the district title uh, at home and also securing the title for Coach Danaher uh, to be the all-time winning uh, Texas high school football coach. Yeah, I was looking at the, the stats from last week, and we, had, we uh, had a total yards of 293 to their 194. So uh, I believe – when we're looking back at that game, they only had about 20, 30 yards in the uh, in the second half, so we really shut them down in the second half, and that you know that was a, a key to our success coming back out. Like you said, with the uh, the 31 unanswered points, the defense played a huge role in that, giving us that short field coming up and and being able to uh, to make some plays there toward the end. But you know, we you look at the uh, the athletes that that Fire Buff has, and you know you had to you had to go in and make sure you you shut down your goal, and we held them to just barely 100 yards passing and only 48 yards rushing. So 
he only accounted for 148 yards, or sorry, 152 yards of uh, total offense. And with the, the 194, you know, they only end up getting about 40 yards after him. So it was pretty good. And, you know, when you look into the, uh, the Uvalde offense tonight, you're going to have to really key on their quarterback. Number um, number 12, I believe, is I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Number 12 is Michael Mata. And he's, uh, he can sling it a little bit. He's not going to run all that much. Um, a lot of things we did this week in, in practice was just straight draws and, uh, and handoffs. Really, the quarterback doesn't – he doesn't run all that much. I don't, I don't know if we have the stats on him. I don't, yeah, the, but he, um, you know, he's a he's a gunslinger. He's going to get back there, and they're going to try to throw the ball deep. They're going to go with the intermediate routes, and they they really feed off their their passing game. And he's he's definitely their leader. So if we can get in there and shut down him a little bit, I think we'll have much success. But the kid can throw the ball. Michael, looking at the film, you know, he's he's chunking it 50 yards down the field, and he uh, he he's able to rifle those slant routes in there. So we're going to have a tough task here early. Well, yeah, that's one thing that yeah, Wildcats have seen this year. We've seen some good quarterbacks. You know, Ray came in with a, a good young sophomore quarterback. Uh, last week we saw the quarterback from uh, from Flower Bluff. And those being game, dude, quarterbacks face some punishment. You know, our defense you know, goes hard. They they go in there clean, but they're going to attack. And that's one thing our defense will definitely show up is our front seven has done an outstanding job. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is tonight we've had the uh, Q-tips. I call them the Q-tips. They've been pulled up, a lot of the white helmets. A lot of those young men for the first time tonight uh, having their first uh, Friday night uh, experience. I mean, they're lined up here in the varsity. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think, man, they, you know, they should bring up a lot of kids. But you think about the extra work, dude. If you play an additional four games, that's an extra almost, almost equivalent to half a season that these young men get to be around the environment. They get to be in front of a big crowd. Uh, they get to prepare like on, on, you know, for a Friday night football game. That's something you can't teach. That's just something that comes with experience. And that's what these young men get to get tonight here at uh, San Antonio. It's pretty awesome. You know, I was just thinking about Coach Chambliss was actually my senior. So I, when they made a deep run into the state semifinals, you know, we were able to be moved up. And, you know, we really didn't do anything. We only got in uh, the first game, I think, against South, San Antonio South San. And I remember I ended up throwing a, a poster out to Stephen Bedard, and we got a first down in that, uh, in that game as the freshman group against their varsity. So it was pretty neat. You know, we ended up getting a, getting a letterman jacket there after your freshman year. And it's just a, it's a great experience for all of them, you know. I was talking to some of my kids uh, before the game, and they're all hyped up, and they're all laughing and, and giggling, and they're down there on the on the field throwing the football around. They're just excited to be here, so it's a it's a great feeling. It's a great day. I like it's one of the things that you, you see Coach Danaher's been doing uh, year in and year out. And it's a it's a great experience for them because you know a couple of them you know they might end up having a good off season and getting a little bit bigger and getting a growth spurt and ended up helping out the varsity next year. So, you know, it's, uh, it's always good to get them out here and, and get that feeling and get that blood rush and everything going for them. Definitely is. As you mentioned, Alec Brown, only a sophomore this year. Uh, Zerick Rojas, uh, Grant Gonzalez, those, those are the sophomores that uh, last year. They were, they were freshmen uh, that were, you know, pulled up as well, you know. So here's kids that last year, uh, you know, had their first Friday night experience. And now they're, they're key components of this, uh, of this district title. You know, Gonzalez moved up midway through the season as a kicker. Uh, A.J. Brown last year got moved up as a, as a freshman really in the Alice game. And then he, was, he had over 1,000 yards rushing. And then we've seen big lineman, uh, Derek Rojas, who's taken over this year as uh, one of those key linemen in that interior line for the Wildcats. So there's three young sophomores that, that have done a good job of contributing. So, again, not only a great experience, but gets these young men prepared uh, to get ready for this Friday night action. The Valdea Coyotes have come across the field. They are across the field from us. They are the visiting team. Uh, they come in with their uh, traveling uniforms, and it looks like they have white shirts and maroon pants with maroon numerals. I'm trying to get a shot of the head here. I, mean, I think maybe Rich could uh, zoom in out there for us. Maybe he hasn't tuned us in yet, our camera guy. But uh, they are across the field. So Wildcats are the home team. They come in with their home uniforms, maroon shirts, maroon pants, 
the uh, white headgear with the traditional Cats logo across our helmet. As the Wildcats make their way onto the field, we're going to take a break uh, right here on 1360 KKTX. We'll be back with more Wildcat football after these words. Yeah. All right, just making sure. <laughs> we we got you. I have no idea. All right. Thirty seconds. Sounds good. In northeast or northwest? Northeast, I guess it says on the on the field, huh? <laughs> Ten seconds. Five seconds. Alrighty. And welcome back. You are listening to Carolina Football on 1360 KKTX. We're just moments away here from kickoff. It says about three minutes to go here in the pregame. The uh, captains are lining up here on each side of the field. See if we can get some numbers for you. Number for the Cal and Wildcats, we're going to have number 24, Race Deal. Number one is John Gaddis. Number 74 is Weston Julig. And number seven is Lawrence Mann. On the other side for the Uvalde Coyotes, we have number we have number seventy, Christian Chapoy. Number seventy-four is Jose Martinez. Number thirty-five is Jose A. Martinez Jr. And number fifteen, Frame Gutierrez. So as the captains come onto the field, we'll wait for the uh, opening coin toss here. Captains have made their way out. Wow. Going pretty quick, Mike. We still got some time on the board over there. Two minutes, 20 seconds on the board before we have kickoff. And it is, uh, now we've got a better look at their helmet, Coach Duke. What is it? The uh, maroon helmet for the uh, Uvalde Wildcats. I'm trying to say, I don't know if they have a coyote. they got a black face mask and then they, the U and a coyote in the middle of it, I believe. Yeah, maybe that's what it made it look like a coyote breaking through. I tell you what, they got a couple of kids shy of, about, uh, shy of 250 by about a biscuit, to say the least. They got some big boys across the field from us uh, looking at the uh, young man on the left in front of uh, Gaddis. That's a big boy, uh, Coach Duke. Uh, I don't know if that's one of their starting linemen, but he definitely fills up the jersey. Looks like some of the 10 year alumni that joined us a couple of weeks ago. They're center, right? Big boy. Big boy. So that is number 70, who is, uh, I think, Coach Duke gave you the captain a few minutes ago. But uh, great matchup tonight. Big playoff matchup. The uh, Calumet Wildcats have won the toss. They have deferred to the second half. So the uh, Coyotes will receive to the left end zone. Again, trying to get the. Uh, uh, he said, he said, we're trying to give you north, east, south, and west. But the Wildcats and the Finley end zone to our right hand side. And I would say that's going to be the south end zone to our right and the north end zone to our left. <laughs> when you were gone, the second way I looked over at Coach Bryce and I said, hey, when I bring it back, 
in Northwest San Antonio or Northeast? And I looked down at the field and it said this three times on the field where in Northeast San Antonio. So, uh, I'll tell you what, you're trying to get your bearings right. Sometimes it gets a little difficult. The coin toss has happened just minutes away from the opening kickoff. We're going to take our last break here on the first uh, Victoria Bank pregame show. You're listening to Callum Walker at football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. Give me 30 seconds only. 30 seconds only. 30 seconds only. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize they are coming out with a T already. These guys are messing around. There's literally 27 seconds left on the uh, scoreboard, and they're, they're going to have to let that wind down, you would think, right? I don't think they can reset it. Yeah, we are. 10 seconds. That was quick. Five seconds. Five seconds. I don't have a roster for them. He's back deep for them. All right, welcome back. As we get ready for the opening kickoff, Gonzalez will tee it up at the 40 yard line. Wildcats kicking from. Right to left across your radio dial. Gonzalez, left footed kicker, high end over end kick. This was going to be taken at the 12 yard line by the Coyotes. Big hole for the uh, return man for the Coyotes, and he's going to bring it out to the 34 yard line. I believe that's going to be number 22 for the Coyotes. So it's going to be David Rodriguez on the return for the uh, Coyotes from Uvalde. Coyotes will start this drive, Duke, with great field position at the 35 yard line. And a full head of steam right there was able to come up and, and catch that catch or catch that kick on the fly right there and was able to get a little little running room to the left side and bring it out to the 35. So it'll set him up with some pretty good field position. Shotgun formation for the Coyotes. Trips lined up to the right. Quick dip off to the running back in the far flat. And it's like Leo um, Manny will be there to make the tackle on number 24, uh, Chris Castillo of the uh, Coyotes. A little dump off right there to the fullback to the left side. Leo Media was able to come off and uh, – Get off on, on the uh, the outside tackle right there. Let's come up and make a tackle for a, a yard loss. I'm trying the left side again. It was second down and an 11, and not much room there for the Coyote offense. And looking at a third down and 10, and quickly that defense making its presence down here against the Coyotes. You know, without that running quarterback, you know, that, that extra threat, you can, you can almost key on the running back the entire time. That time was just a straight Die play to the left side. There was nothing that, nothing doing over there. Maybe a gain of one to bring it back to the original line of scrimmage. Going to set up a third and ten here for the Coyotes. Michael Mata is a quarterback. Chris Castillo is a running back. Lined up to his right. Trips uh, to the near side. Single wideout split up top. Take the Mata quarterback looking for the seam route. And uh, that one is going to be intercepted by the Wildcats. Number one, John Davis has the ball going down the right sideline. And Davis will be pushed out of bounds. He looks to be about the 35-yard line where the Coyotes started this offense. We'll see where they spotted, and it will be right at the 35. Great job by Gaddis on the interception. Looks like Mata was just trying to do a little bit too much right there. Doing the coverage, we had two guys right there double covering that outside post route right there, and the uh, the linebacker was actually in the window as well. Actually just got right over the, the head of Heath Thomas and right into the hands of John Gaddis right there for the interception. We kind of took us a second because we couldn't really <laughs> – there's so many people right there. We couldn't figure out who had the ball right there, but – Gaddis was able to come up with that interception. The Cats will take over at the Uvalde 35-yard line. Quick play for the Wildcats. Toss to the uh, wide receiver, number 82, ball came loose. And uh, looks like uh, the Wildcats maintain possession, Duke. I didn't see where he ruled him down. 
Oh, it's going to be no, uh, about a five-yard loss in the play to the 40-yard line. It's going to make up a second down and 15. You know, it didn't look like he ever really had control of that one. Just a, uh, a hit screen over here to the left to land him, and we weren't able to get off on a block over here on the outside. Our second receiver was able to, was trying to come over here and block the corner, and the corner was able to beat that block and, and meet Lanham as he caught the ball. And, and I thought he was just juggling it the whole time. It was going to be called incomplete, but they will call it a catch and a fumble, so it'll take it back for five yards. going to set up a second and 15. Shotgun formation. Lamb, quarterback, looking down for it. Looking for his wide receiver. Has him at the 15. Maddie Gaddis showing off the hands at the 10 yard line. They're going to spot him down at the 6. You can't say enough about that throw from Lamb to Gaddis. Perfectly placed a passer, his wide receiver. We've got some laundry on the field here, Mike. But Fifty-five, illegal man downfield for the uh, Wildcats. That's going to be Carson Tips. So what would have been a first down and goal at the six-yard line is going to back him up, Duke, uh, and uh, it's going to bring up a third down. And I'm sorry, the road third down, so it'll be second down and long. Look for that uh, that matchup right there all night, Mike. If we can get Gaddis or one of our speedy inside receivers on number 11, that is a, uh, I believe he's a sophomore. He may be a junior. It's number 11. I'm trying to get his name here. Number 11 is Joshua Sandoval. He's a junior. And, uh, you know, he's, he's their weaker cover guy. If we can see how we're, we're getting them out wide right here, see if we can go up against them again. Lamb, quarterback keeper, has a 40 up field to about the 36-yard line. He's going to be brought down by number 15 for the Coyote defense. That's Efren Gutierrez on the tackle for the Coyotes. He's going to bring it up to about the 36, 35, 6-yard line, I guess. It's going to be third down and 11 for the Wildcats. On film, Mike, that number 11, Sandoval, he's the, uh, he's the guy we have to go after. He's, a, he's actually like a modified uh, linebacker type. He plays, he plays strong safety, and he'll come down in the box and, and play the run a lot. And if we can get him lined up, we've got him lined up against Gaddis one more time, see if we can't go back to it. Cage Lamb looking. Look at this wide receiver, and it's going to be complete. Breaks the tackle is Lamb. Lamb up to 15. Lamb's going to take it in to the end zone. 36-yard uh, touchdown pass. From Dave Slam to number 82 for the Kalala Wildcats, and that's going to be six points on the board for Kalala. Jackson Lanham on the reception. Simple little out route right there by Lanham. Runs about an eight-yard out. and A very good throw over here by, by quarterback Lamb, you know, just uh, putting it right on the money over here on the left sideline. Quarterback, I believe it was number 14 right there, Castaneda, coming up in – or, sorry, Gutierrez was coming up here and trying to make the tackle and just totally whiffed on, uh, on Lanham. Lanham was kind of – waiting to get hit a little bit, and never he never got to him, and he just went right by him for the touchdown. High snap. Tough looking. Looking in the corner, he's going to overthrow Lanham. It was a high snap, so the extra point would be no good. Nine minutes and 12 seconds. Cal Allen, six. Yuvali, zero. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. One minute. One minute. Okay. Seven two six eight nine eight seven eight two three. Mm, yes. No, not seven. Wow. 
15 seconds. 15? 15. Okay. We're going to probably start talking. These guys are a little quick on the uh, kick on the uh, clock. Gonzalez, deep kick. This one's going to be taken at the 12-run line. Again, right up the uh, scene is the return man, number 22, David Rodriguez. And again, Rodriguez outside the 30 to about the 32-yard line. Looks like they're going back to that same spot right there, Mike. The kick was right up right down the middle of the field once again. They're just trying to bring it over to that left side. They probably got some big boys over there leading the way. And that time, like you said, they were able to uh, get through that initial line of defenders right there and bring it out right past the 30-yard line. So, once again, pretty good field position for the Coyotes. First down and 10, ball resting at the 32. Far hash mark for the Coyotes. Takes a handoff. Now going to dump it off to his wide receiver. And the defense swarming and now you see a flag coming late uh, by both the umpire and the line judge. Uh, interesting thing that Coach uh, Brotherton was just letting us know our statistician was in the last two games, these uh, officials out of the Houston chapter could take one game through 22 penalties, the other 24. We've seen two thus far. They're going to get us for a personal foul face mask here, Mike. So the uh, the great play there by the defense is going to be an old because of that uh, that personal foul right there. We had a, They just ran a little screen pass over there to the left side, and Cal and defense just snuffed it out. There's nothing doing over there. There's going to be about a loss of six or seven right there, but that 15-yard penalty will bring the ball out to the 42-yard line, so another break here for the Coyotes. Offensive line for the Coyotes. Yeah, their center is going to be Kristen Chapoy. Their guards, Jose Martinez and Ralph Hernandez. Pass play intended to the wide receiver on the far side, and Sam Allen, number 12, comes up and puts a hit. And the wide receiver is literally crawling off the field. Duke Allen just really put a hit on him. Yeah, you know, he just kind of stood his ground right there. They ran a little out route with the inside receiver and a vertical on the outside. And it was read well there by, by our safety, Allen. And he kind of just stood his ground right there and gave him a little shoulder check. It might be just a – might have knocked the breath out of him there the way he was coming out. Second down and 10 for the Coyotes. Shotgun formation, handoff to the running back, trying to come up the middle. And quickly, as a defense swarming to make the uh, tackle – on uh, number 24, Chris Castillo. Yeah, big Heath Thomas coming up there in the middle and stopping that run for about two yards there. It was a, a good good play right there. You know, the quarterback, like I said, is not really a run threat. That time, he, after he gave the ball right there to the right side, he just, uh, you know, gave a little play fake throw to the left side. Nothing was doing over there. And Heath Thomas come, come up and making a good tackle. Even the uh, tackles for the uh, Uvalde offense, it's Devin Encina and Ryan Ortiz are your tackles. Wide receivers, Kristen Flores, Joshua Sandoval, J.T. Trevino, and Xavier Vasquez. Those are the uh, starting offense for the Uvalde Coyotes. Mentioned in the backfield is the quarterback number 12, Michael Mata, and number 24, the running back, Chris Castillo. Back to that last play there, Mike, just a, uh, a handoff here to the near side. Number 22, that was uh, David Rodriguez over here on the third and long play. Nothing doing, going to lose about two, trying to run over here. Big number 45, Brandon Rotten. He was having none of it right there. Was able to shed that that offensive lineman come up and make the tackle in the backfield. So it's going to set up a, a fourth and ten. I believe their quarterback, number 12, Omata, is their punter as well, Mike. Back up, number 12, inside his 35-yard line at about the 34. Snap on the way, rugby style kick, and boy, he boots that one. This one's going to be fielded, and it's going to be muffed, and it's going to be recovered. Is that 22? I believe that's Hawkins, who had the. Uh, Weishart. Is that Weishart 23? It is Austin Weishart and 22, both of them about the same stature, but Weishart muffed that one and luckily was able to fall back on it 
inside the 20. They're going to spot it at about the 18, 17-yard line. Like they had about three or four guys lined up over here with like a trip set, and then they almost had a, a fourth receiver over here to the right side, and the quarterback rolled out to his right before he kicked that one. And, and if, if he was able to, to fill that one cleanly, he had a bunch of running room over there to the left and to the middle because they were all kind of just pushed out of the way by our defenders right there. So if he could have picked that one up, he probably would have had a pretty good game coming back. But like you said, he just muffed in, was able to get back on top of it and going to set us up on our own 17-yard line. First down and 10, hand off to the wide receiver coming across the field, and uh, that's going to be number 32 for the uh, Catalina Wildcats is Joel Garza, and Garza's not going to pick up anything on that one. May lose a couple. It's going to pick up second down and 12. Try to make a one too many moves right there. Mike just coming over here on that – that sweet play to the left side, and you know if he tried to just make one cut and go, he probably could have picked something up. He tried to try to dance up, dance around a little bit, and the uh, defenders right there for the Cowboys to come up and make the tackle on the backfield. Starting offense for the Wildcats, near the front line. They are led by their center Ryan Everett, your guards Carson Tips and Derek Rojas. Your tackles is uh, Duke Waddell and Sam Gentry. Lamb has some pressure, rolling across the right. Now stepping up, looking downfield, looking for his wide receiver. He's going to be trying to hit. And the 23 line start, but it'll uh, go incomplete out of bounds and bring up third down and 12. Not a very good side right there, Mike. Only bringing four guys on the, uh, the defensive pressure right there, and nobody ended up touching that defensive end. I believe it was number 34 for the Valley defense, Diego Castillo, just coming off the edge right there. Nobody even touched him and was able to get in the backfield quickly, so Gates Lamb had to roll out there to his right trying to make something happen, and nothing was doing over there with Weishart getting, getting down the field. Pretty, uh, pretty good coverage over there on the right side. Defense for Evaldi will give you the front line. Lowest guard is number 33, Benito Luna. The defensive tackles, 24, Chris Castillo. And number 55, Matthew Thomas. Shotgun formation, flag on the field. Again, nothing yellow handkerchiefs. Yeah. That's in the sideline. That's going to be a false start against the Wildcats. Yeah, that was pretty obvious there. Mike, looks like we're going to get number 66. Uh, Duke Waddell just jumping the gun right there. Gonna have number 34 off the edge once again, and you're just trying to get a little head start right there and was able to uh, not not get, not uh, you know be seen right there. He's a big old boy. Everybody's going to see you jump when you get off the line early. So uh, going back him up. Who noticed? Linebacking core for the uh, Coyotes, 34, is Diego Castillo. We've just uh, said his name a few times. Number one is Noah Smith, 35, Jose Martinez, and number 44 is Josiah Carrasales. Give me the uh, secondary here after the play. Shotgun formation, yard to gain is the uh, 27. Gage Lamb on the quarterback keeper lane. There's some room, 25, 30, 35, 30. Nobody's going to catch him. Nothing but green grass in front of Gage Lamb. He will take it to the house. 90 yards for the touchdown. Expecting a pass right there, Uvalde dropped a bunch of guys. They had a chip set over there to the top side, and they had about five guys over there on the right side of the field. We just take the little uh, – Take a little sweep to the right side, and nobody was over here for Gage Land, so he made one guy miss, and then there was nobody out in front of him. Like you said, just uh, 90 yards straight down the field, untouched right there for Gage Land. Going to put us up another six points. Looked like Moses as the uh, Red Sea parted. He had nothing but green grass in front of him. Untouched, 90 yards for number eight, Gage Lamb. And after the upheld extra point, they will go for two here to make it a 14-0 lead with the uh, two extra uh, with the uh, two-point conversion if they can be successful here. Two tight ends set. Lamb under center. Wildcats overload the left side. Toss sweep to the uh, running back. That's going to be Alec Brown, and Brown will take it in for the two-point conversion. Six minutes and 11 seconds remaining here in the opening quarter. Cal Allen, 13, 
You bound it zero. We'll be back with more Wildcats the best on 1360 KKTX. Clear. Clear. Yeah, one minute. One minute. Well, that was fun. <laughs> How much time, Greg? Uh, about 20 seconds right now. These guys are quick. Man, give us a minute. Hey, Greg, we're, uh, we're going to start talking a little bit because they're, they're going way faster than a minute. Gonzalez, high, end over end kick. This one's going to be taken at the 11-yard line by the return man, number 16, trying to go on the left side again of that uh, special teams, and he will bring it out just shy of the 30-yard line, return man, number 16. And uh, good, good, maybe you have a 16. Let me look at I have a couple of rosters here, but I don't have a 16 on my initial. Roster. I got you. It's Damian Mendoza. There you go, Damian Mendoza. And uh, let me see. Do I even have a Damian Mendoza? If I don't, I guess I will be switching rosters. First down and 10 for the Coyotes. I got you on the uh, defensive spreadsheet. You'll be on there. All right. Go. Ball's going to be resting at the 27-yard line. Quick pass from the quarterback. A long throw by um, the quarterback for the uh, Coyotes. And it's going to be completed to number four, Kristen Flores. But Mata threw that one, dude, from the other hash mark to the far sideline. That's about a 30-yard throw for a three-yard game right there. Like you said, it was a quick pass right there, but the ball had to travel forever over there, so we were able to come up and, and make a tackle right there from the safety spot, John Gaddis. Second down, we'll call it seven. Coyotes go with the uh, no-huddle offense. They look over the sideline to get to play. Motion across the line of scrimmage by number 35. Twins to the near side. And off to number 22, trying to test the middle of the line of scrimmage is uh, the running back for the Coyotes. 22 is David Rodriguez with the uh, carry for the Coyotes. Big number 63, Aguilhart in there making that play right there. Just a uh, look like they try to go with that, that little sniffer back over here to the right side and pull him over there to the left with the uh, the right guard. And nothing doing over there. Aguilhart just tugging that hole right there and, and stopping that one for about a gain of one. Give me the uh, starting uh, defense for the Wildcats. On the front line, Jeremy Igohard, Kenesi Lamidi, and Justice Escobar are your front three. Pressure on the quarterback. going to be spun around. He's going to be brought down. I believe that's going to be number 24, Race Deal, the linebacker, with the pressure on the quarterback, Michael Mata. That's rough right there, Mike. We came with a, uh, a motion over here to the near side. When we came with that motion, we just brought two guys off the top side. It looked like Race Deal and Lawrence Mann both had a, a a laser beam just lined up right there on the quarterback, and he kind of got away from one of them and couldn't get away from both, and Ray still was able to come up and make that quarterback sack. But that's a, uh, that's a tough job right there, coming with that motion, and there's nobody over there. we got two guys coming free off the edge for the quarterback, so <laughs> his eyes were probably pretty big right there when he got that snap. Hunt, again, by the quarterback. This one's going to be taken at the 39. 22 Hawkins trying to go across the field. Going backwards, now trying to cut it up field, trying to get on the outside, has some room. Has the 45, has the 50, 
finally brought out of bounds inside the Coyote territory. But Duke, he probably ran 60 yards across and finally cut it upfield. And uh, Hawkins gets about a, about a 15-yard return on that one. But, boy, he ran about 60. And we're kind of seeing the same thing we're seeing up here in the booth down there on the on, by the coaching staff. They had all these guys lined up over here to the right side. The, uh, the punter basically jogs over here to the right side, kind of like Texas does. And he does that little reg- rugby punt. And when we, when we filled that ball, we tried to take it around everybody and almost had it there. We had a couple of guys set up in that wall, and they were just able to get through one of them. But, and it would almost been a, another big return there by Hawkins. Brown in the backfield. He'll stand to the right of Lamb. Wildcats, four wide receivers. Trips to the near side, single wide out up top. Four minutes, 24 seconds remaining here in the opening quarter. Gates Lamb looking downfield. Steps up in the pocket. Phil has plenty of time. Pancake blocked by one of his linemen. Now Lamb will launch it downfield, and he's going to hit his wide receiver, number one, John Gaddis, inside the 25, and he'll be pushed out of bounds right at the 25-yard line. An excellent job there by Gaddis coming back and making some uh, making some room over here for his quarterback. It was just a straight vertical route by everybody right there. And when nobody was uh, nobody was open right there, you saw Gage coming out here to the left side. He just broke off his route and brought it over here to the sideline so they would get open for his quarterback. So a really good job right there by Gaddis breaking off his route and working for his quarterback. First down and 10 for the uh, Wildcats. Again, Mike, four wide receiver set. Mike, you see this right now. There's nobody over the middle of the field. If you're a quarterback, you're just saying, let me throw the ball, let me throw the ball. There's nobody there. So you just throw it right down the middle like he's doing. And, oh, oh, man. Man. Yeah, right there. Man, he's got to be licking his shots down there. They're going with almost a zero safety look against us in that trip set. And they have three linebackers over the middle. I don't know what they're expecting, <laughs> but they have they almost have seven guys in the box. So they're manning up on everybody. And they're just letting Gaddis run by people right now and just going over the top. So they're going to have to make some type of defensive change or they're going to get, get toasted here. They're going to get burned every time. I saw it. The uh, linebackers are playing about five yards deep and, and uh, no, no disrespect, but you can tell they're just the big boys. None of them look like uh, they could backpedal very quick. Look at that draw play. Brown. Brown has uh, some room, and he runs into his lineman, number 64. But Brown, uh, on a second down and 10, picks up 12 yards, and he's going to have a first down. He can, again, just ta- attack in the middle of the defense. We could probably give the tackle there to our own lineman there. Sam Gentry was just setting up a block. He was probably five or six yards down the field moving his guy down, and when that guy kind of just fell down to the ground, he moved to his left, and Brown just ran into him. So we can, we can give that tackle right there to Gentry. But another huge hole up the middle for the Cats. Just uh, like you said, just a little straight draw play, base base block, and just moving everybody out of the way. Wildcats trips to the near side. There you go. Thank the guy. I'm sorry. Hand off to Gaddis. Gaddis coming on the left side. Gaddis trying to get to the corner of the end zone. Gaddis will be pushed out of bounds at the four yard line. Hmm. So you stack in those three linebackers right there in the middle, and then you just go right around it. I mean, it's almost like they're setting up for us to run power plays right up against them. And then even when, uh, you know, they still have three in there, they move one out. We go back to a draw play, and there's nobody there, and they vacate the spot. So maybe they're just trying to, you know, cover up a weaker defensive line or something like that. But, man, it opens up the passing game so much. Like I said, as a quarterback, you know, she's just licking your chops, waiting to throw that ball down down the field. Number 10, split wide up top is number uh, 10, Colton Duff. He's lined up at the uh, top. That's going to be a handoff to number 40, Alec Brown. And Brown will go inside the uh, two to about the one-yard line. We do have another flag on the field. Do we only have 10 men on the field, Mike? 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We only have ten. We only have ten. I'll just tell you what. Maybe uh, Coach Danaher trying to go easy on these guys. We're still in the first quarter, up 14 zero. Maybe he's deciding to go ten on eleven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, there's ten bet. We played that because I was looking for the fourth receiver there. Cause we had five down linemen. We had Brown in the backfield with Lamb. And we had two receivers up to the top and only one down here. So we played that last play with only uh, only ten guys on the field. Two came out, three came in. So we should have 11 now. The referee coming over talking to Coach Danner. Real quickly, again, I'd like to thank Big Klosterman with Texas Farm Bureau Insurance helping us out tonight with our World Wide Web broadcast, helping, uh, helping us out with Cat's Eye Radio. I'd like to wish the Catalan Wildcats the best of luck on their 2016 playoff run. Whether you're you, you in need of home, auto, or life insurance, Texas Farm Bureau Insurance can Give you and your family the protection they deserve. Give Brent a call at 361-815-0608. That's 361-815-0608. First down, I'm sorry, second down for the Wildcats. Two tight ends. Cats are going to line them up. They'll put Lamb under center. Lamb hands it off to Brown. Brown lunging forward. He's going to fight for the uh, touchdown on the one-yard gain for the touchdown for the Wildcats. That's our bread and butter right there. Just bringing the motion over here to the left side, going with the power play right behind the uh, our big left side of the offensive line. And Brown was able to to get his head across the uh, the goal line right there and stick the ball over the end zone for that touchdown. Point after coming up, Gonzalez, and we're going to try to go quick here. These officials don't give us quite the minute. Wildcats with the uh, twenty point lead, looking to add the extra point. Three minutes and eleven seconds. Gonzalez approaches high enough, straight enough through the uprights. Hello, I'm 21. Cito. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Oh, look at this. Five seconds after. Let's see what he gives us. Should give us a minute. You want a minute? No, yeah, we'll, we'll go a minute in the commercials. The referees aren't giving us a minute, though. That's a bad thing. Hey, Greg. Yes, sir. Did you ready to do the scoreboard? Do you have the website up? Oh, yeah, I have the website up right now. Okay, give me a second. I'll send it to you here shortly after the kickoff. Take about 15 seconds to give us a couple of games. How much time? Five seconds. Gonzalez with a little pooch kick. This one's going to be taken by number nine, and he's going to go upfield, and he's not going to bring it up quite to the uh, 30-yard line. So a smart move there by the uh, Washington team. They've gone deep the last couple of times. This time over the little pooch kick, and number nine is Cesar Escamilla. Uh, Barely gets it up uh, just shy of the uh, 30-yard line. Think about their game plan a little bit, wouldn't to the middle the last couple times, and they tried to run it to their sideline. This time, we kicked it to our sideline, away from a little pooch kick. Like I said, only about a gain of four or five after that, that reception. So just uh, going out of their game plan right there and kicking it, kicking it away for their, from their guys over there to the right side. First down and ten, ball at the thirty-yard line. Offense coming onto the field for the Coyotes. That's uh, Michael Mata bringing the offense back onto the field. 
We'll check in with our producer, Greg Garcia, here on our Rabelais Ionese scoreboard. Dump off to the uh, running back out of the backfield, and he'll be pushed out after 31. As the, uh, we get ready for the next play, we're going to check in with our producer, Greg Garcia, on our Rabelais Ionese scoreboard. Greg, what do you have for us? Okay, so we have the Benavides Eagles, first quarter, no one scored. Uh, Fall City Beavers still have not scored. Uh, also with the Fear, uh, Buckaroos, still scoreless game. And Yorktown Wildcats, as well, still scoreless. Uh, we also have Hubronville, first quarter is about to start. The Longhorns are away at Stockdale. And as of right now, most of the games haven't scored as well early into the first quarters. Back to you, Mike. All right, thank you, Greg. As we were listening to Greg on the scoreboard, the uh, Coyotes connected with a 69-yard touchdown pass, and Duke somehow he got behind our secondary, and Mata just dropped him perfectly to his wide receiver for a 69-yard touchdown pass, and uh, he just streaked down the sideline. Nobody there to, to, to defend him. Just straight man coverage over there by Lively, and they just kind of faked the hitch out of the hitching go for one about five yards, turn around the uh, quarterback. They actually uh, a pretty good play fake over there to the left side, gave him a little gave him a little shoulder check, and then went over the top right there, just beat Lively one-on-one on the left side to, to put you got it on the board for the first time. 21-7 to is the score here in the first quarter. We'll be back with Bill Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Remember, was that wide receiver? Check the board right now. I can't see it. Five. JT Trevino. Just do one. Uh, well, we got about a minute right now. Yeah, let's just do the minute. We'll have to get it in. Long time since our defense has given up a touchdown in the first quarter, huh? Oh, no, five block. They scored in the first quarter, yeah. Number 10, kicking off. Twenty seconds. Okay, we're going to start talking, so. Okay. Number 10 is Isidro uh, Escalia with the uh, pooch kick. This one's going to be taken at the 24-yard line. Going up field is number 13 for the Wildcats, and uh, that's going to be Lawton Moeller. Moeller was hit by one of his own players, Duke. He kind of bounced him forward about another four yards there at the end. Lawton Moeller, you know, he just got that ball right there as a, a pooch kick over there to the left side, and he picked it up. He put two arms around that ball. was not going to make sure they put that one on the ground. Just kind of went down and, Lowered his head, and like he said, kind of ran into his own guy. He probably wasn't even looking up, and just trying to keep that ball in his hands and not put it on the turf, and was able to bring it out to about the 36-yard line. So the uh, the cats, or sorry, the 37-yard line. So the cats will come out with some pretty good field position once again. Going to come out in the spread. Shotgun formation. Brown start as uh, to the left of Lamb. Handoff. Thanks to uh, Brown. Now the uh, option play. Lamb keeps it. Got the 45. Dunking up field has 50. And he's going to step. Oh, we made it quite across into Coyote territory, but if not, it's going to be right at the 50-yard line. Attacking number 11 out here, Sandoval, once again, he wanted no part of, of Gage Lamb. Probably had two or three opportunities to, to get him right there. Gave him a stiff arm, and he kind of came back around again and was able to 
get another stiff arm. The Gates doing a good job over here on that left side on the off keeper. Yeah, secondary tonight for the uh, Uvalde defense didn't, didn't get too early. The cornerbacks are Damian Mendoza and Joshua Sandoval. Their safeties, Efren Gutierrez and Ryan Salavada. Lamb takes a handoff, stepping up, and he's going to complete it to number one, John Gaddis. Gaddis on his feet. Gaddis looking for the end zone. John Gaddis takes it into the touchdown. 50-yard touchdown pass from Gabe Lamb to John Gaddis, and Gabe Lamb stuck in the pocket for the very last minute. Duke took a shot, but completed it to his wide receiver for a 50-yard touchdown pass. It looks like you had a full alignment over there to the right side, and I was, you know, I was kind of hoping you just let that block set up. He kind of just kept rolling to the right, almost uh, beat his blocker out there, and then, like you said, was able to, to make that throw as soon as he got hit, and Gaddis did the rest, you know, outrunning about two or three guys right there to the left side for that. That big score for Gaddis doing, doing some work once again. Extra point on the way. Gonzalez with the pick. This one through the upright. Two minutes, 22 seconds. Cal Island, 28. The ball goes We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. One minute. One minute. Got you. It's- Seconds. Ten seconds. Gonzalez from the 40, high end over end kick. This one's going to be taken at the 11 yard line. Going straight up field again is a return man, but a nice open field tackle for the uh, Wildcat special teams. And I believe it's number 13, Moeller. Uh, last time on the return, this time with the open field tackle. Double good special team plays there by, uh, by Moeller coming up and making that sure tackle over here to the right side. He had a little, uh, little seam trying to go up work right there, but Moeller was able to come up and cut his legs out. So a uh, good job coming down on the, on the, uh, the kickoff there by Moeller. First down and 10. Ball at the 27-yard line. We have Kyle offense coming back on the field. They trail 28-7. We still have two minutes left in this first quarter, Duke. We're approaching the 8 o'clock hour. Both of these teams with the passing offense tonight. Mata, pressure, steps up, hit as he throws. And it's going to be intercepted by number 12. Is that Allen? I believe it's number 12. Allen for the Wildcats making a great interception as Mata was hit. And Allen, the safety, comes up with the interception at the 40-yard line. Good play there by Allen. You know, he's moving over there to his right side, going uh, to get a, a wide receiver right there on a corner route, and the ball was thrown behind the wide receiver, so he kind of just put his foot in the ground and almost dove over here to the left side and was able to pick that one off. So a great play there by Allen. He did uh, give a couple of shout-outs while I got some time. We got a couple of direct connect listeners, Jesse Johnson listening in. Uh, my brother's down there at the ranch listening to us. Uh, appreciate you, know, you listening in once again. Uh, 
another one of my math teachers that I co-teach with, uh, Mr. Sanchez, is listening in tonight. So I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your Friday night to listen to me and old Mike G up here. appreciate you guys uh, tuning us in. There you go. Thanks for being with us on a Friday night. I appreciate everybody being with us. Wildcats uh, trying to run their first play of the uh, series, and they are, they're going to get a flag for arguably a procedure past start against the Wildcats. It is fast start, 64, so that's going to back them up five yards. Drive is going to start at the 40. Five-yard penalty brings it back to the 35. We're going to be first down in 10. Sorry, first down in 15. Thank everybody for being with us on a Friday night. Friday night football by district matchup between these two teams. Winner will move on to take on the winner between Sherryland and Mercedes. Paige Lamb. Dropping back, rolling his right, looking downfield. Now he's going to dump it off, has his wide receiver, number 10, Colton Duff, and it hits Duff in the hands, but he's unable to hold on to it, Duke. That's some running room over there. You know, most of the time we see Lamb, if he gets out there and he's got some green grass in front of him, he'll take off. That time he did the uh, the, the better thing right there and just kind of hit his receiver about about 15 yards down the field, 10, 15 yards down the field, and that one just hit Duff right in the hands, right down the sidelines. He wasn't able to bring that one in. Second down and 15 for the uh, Wildcats. Four receivers set. We got Duff, got uh, Weishart, Garza, and Lanham. Three split, split down here to the, the near side. Alec Brown, he was uh, running back in the backfield. Lamb's going to keep it. Lamb's at the 30. He's got the 25, got the 20. Cuts the back up here. Lamb looking for the end zone. Lamb is going to take it in 45 yards out. James Lamb just let his blockers do their jobs. He's going to follow the in boots. And he takes it in from 45 yards out, and he's making it look easy. And they were keen on Brown right there for sure. Had about three guys going uh, and tackled Brown. They got up and figured out they didn't have the ball. By the time he just cut it up the middle and, you know, made one guy miss and just walked into the end zone. So everybody took up over here to Brown. And like you said, Gage is making it look easy right down the left side, cutting it up and, and scoring that big touchdown for his second score of the night. Gonzalez coming in for the point after. So 34 to 7. 150 remaining. Kick is strong enough. It is through the upright. 35 to 0. Cal Allen over you all. They will be back with Blow Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. Uh, just a minute. Yeah, one minute. Dude, it's 35 to 7. We still got a minute and 50 left to go. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, my Q-tips might get in, man. I might have to go down there and call a couple plays for him. Golly. You remember my sophomore year when we played McCollum, that open around in San Antonio? It was like this. We ended up beating them like 55 or something like that. Every little thing we did was wide open. Every pass play, wide open. Every run play, wide open. That's what it reminds me of. Man, that's crazy. 7-7, seven, seven, uh, Rich just got in the snow that uh, Sherry Land and Mercedes are tied up at 7 apiece. Thanks, Rich. Keep us posted, bro. 10 seconds. Can I get a nod? Yes, by the camera, maybe? Oh, help. 5 yeah. seconds. Rich, slacking on me up there. 3 seconds. Gonzalez teases it up at the 40. This one's going to squib it. It's going to bounce at about the 21 rolls inside the 10 to the 5. Going straight upfield is the return man for the Coyotes, and it'll be pushed out of bounds at about the 20-yard line. 
One minute, 44 seconds remaining in this opening quarter, Duke. And Wildcats will play to find the seven lanes. Those Q-tips may find their way out of the box. They might be, uh, might, <laughs> might get their shot. You know, they got a, they should be a little antsy. You know, like like I was saying, my freshman year, they got a, a couple of quarterbacks down here. Look, one of them uh, looks like maybe Rivers Roy over here warming up with, with Duff. So, you know, it would be nice to see some of those JV and freshman guys get in here if we can keep this up. Monta dropping back, pressure. They're going to dump it off to the wide receiver. Number 24 is Chris Castillo. Castillo is going to be brought down. Number nine, Brent Gomez, making an appearance here early for the uh, Wildcat defense. And he's going to bring him down after about a two, three-yard game. It'll be second down and seven. Pretty good open field tackle right there by Gomez. Looked like he had the uh, running back had some pretty good running room over here. They brought a, uh, a sweet play to the left side, and Gomez was able to come up and Stop him for about two yards. Look at the uh, offensive set here, Mike. The offensive linemen got about six or seven yards splits in between every one of them. They're spread out from about the hash, the left hash to the right numbers over here. They're all spread out everywhere. See if they're going to do something tricky here. I was about to say, Duke, at that point, you just kind of bring that linebacker up the gap and the heat moves to running back. Number 24 in the backfield. I mean, the lab, but I mean, that, that was confused as you are. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, five, six yards flip, and they just go with a straight handoff to the right side. Four kid gets the ball, and there's yeah, nobody's going to block yeah, that. Five or six Cal defenders right there in his face as soon as he touches the ball. So, look at the one. Did you just see that? You can't do that. How is that not a penalty? You set the play, the guy comes from about the 35, runs through the defense. Bonta throwing it again, looking for that same play. Lively, almost coming up with the uh, spectacular interception. But, Duke, I don't know if it's not a kid. Yeah, yeah. From the 35, the line was like, was like a streaker. Looking <laughs> <laughs> for a defense to kind of loop back around to the sideline. Everybody can kind of look at it. Everybody's kind of caught off guard. <laughs> the rest of a really flying great throne. How did that not justify a penalty? <laughs> That was that was very interesting there, Mike. I, I saw he's coming from the forty yard. The ball's on the twenty. He's coming from the forty yard line. Goes right through the middle, almost the hash right here. Then the jets back to the sideline. Yeah. I don't know if he just he might be a freshman or something <laughs> trying to get in, but <laughs> that was definitely interesting. Punt formations for the Coyotes. Pressure coming the, uh, on the rugby style kick. This is going to bounce at the fifty. Must by the return man. Now it's going to be picked up by Hawkins. Something about that rugby style kick is getting these uh, return men fits here again early on the game. Eight seconds remaining here in the uh, first quarter right here in Northeast Independence School District, Omalander Stadium, right here by the San Antonio Airport. You can actually see the, uh, some of the uh, airplanes taking off here late in the uh, San Antonio night. Wildcats with 35 points in the opening quarter. And, uh, Again, it, it's early. You're going to see some, uh, some of the younger players coming in already. Number 10 is going to be Colton Goff. He's going to take over at quarterback. Alec Brown will stay in at receiver. And is Gage Lamb done for the night? I mean, I'm assuming so, Mike. It's 35-7 uh, to 7 with eight seconds left going in the first quarter. we got another uh, wide receiver checking in at that spot. That's uh, say number 14, Caden Floyd. 107 yards of rushing is what we've just been told by uh, – Coach Brotherton, and again, that was in less than a quarter play. 12 minutes in the books. We will flip sides. We'll take a quick break on 1360 KKTX. Wildcats 35-7. to 7. 
over the Uvalde Coyote. Thirty seconds, thirty seconds, please. Sorry, I was coming back from the restroom, guys. It's okay, thirty seconds. I'm sorry. Okay, my question, 30 seconds. Resting is 157. No, I'm going to Four for 157. 39-yard average. How much time, Greg? 15 seconds. Okay, I'm going to start talking. Colton Duff, shotgun formation, hands off to his uh, face to the running back shuttle. Now Duff has some running in. Duff inside the 40, down to about the 36-yard line. Now, when we're talking about uh, Gabe Glenn, this night over, well, our statistician to our left has just let us know that he has almost 300 all-purpose yards here in the first quarter. Does Gabe Glenn, the uh, senior quarterback, 150 yards passing and almost 150 yards rushing for the uh, young man, Gabe Glenn? Sounds like that kid from 2006 had That Dustin Bond? Uh, <laughs> Uh, we back up a little bit. No, we just give me a hard time. Alex Brown on the carry. Alex Brown inside the 20. Alex Brown to the 18. So a little replay over here to the right side, Mike. And that time, they, uh, I guess they weren't keen on him as much, figuring the quarterback was going to keep it that time. And Duff did the right, right uh, made the right read right there and just handed the ball off for another game of about 15. So the Cats, uh, once again, driving down the field. You know, Duke, and again, I don't want to discredit this Uvalde team, but, uh, you know, this team comes in with a 7-3 and three record. The Wildcats are playing really good football. But tonight, I mean, it's the gaping holes with the offensive running backs and the the uh, quarterbacks are seen are just, uh, you know, just amazing. Handoff, Brown. Brown to about the 15-16 yard line. That's probably the shortest game of the night for our offense. I'm looking at uh, the defensive set here for – Uvalde and number 47 is not even on our roster. He doesn't have any decals or anything like that. He might be a JV move up coming on and uh, playing that outside linebacker spot for him right now. So maybe they're uh, you know kind of thinking the same thing, trying to get some 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 new bodies in there and get ready for next year. It's tough to say, you know, here in the early in the second quarter. You see where they're trying to set him up. And there he is on the blitz. Quarterback keeper is Duff. Duff stopping on the dime, cut the back. Now stepping up field. Look at Duff. Duff inside the five, and Duff just kind of sidestepping people, and he gets inside the five-yard line. What a be first down and goal for the Wildcats. Pretty good showing there by Duff, man. He's making uh, making those Valley defenders look like they're going full motion almost. He kind of made, like you said, stopped on a dime, gave a, a straight lateral move right there, made a couple guys miss, and then was able to bring a couple down with him into the five, down to the five-yard line. So nice, uh, nice running right there by Duff for sure. First down and goal again. Fox approaching 10 minutes. Wildcats with a 35 to 7 lead. They will spread them out. Trips lined up to the right through the wideout, foot up top. Fox takes the snap, looking, trying to go to the point of the end zone. Look at this big wide receiver. Number 82, Jackson Lanham, off the hands of the wide receiver, and it drops incomplete. A 50 50 ball right there, trying to go at the, uh, the smaller corner. You can, looking right here at the screen, Mike, you can see. Lanham just towers over that corner right there just to jump ball. 
that ball hit Lanham right in the hands and then kind of tips up to the corner. He had an opportunity to pick that one off, but the ball fell incomplete. Luckily, but Lanham, you know, he's uh, <laughs> almost a foot taller and like get over there, just went up for the jump ball and wasn't able to bring that one in. I'd like to welcome you uh, joining us on our broadcast on the uh, World Wide Web tonight. I'd like to thank Robert Gutierrez, uh, who lets us know he is here at the stadium. Join uh, us in right here on our Direct Connect phone line, our Cat's Eye Radio. Robert, thanks for being with us in the program. Thanks for being with us on Friday night. Uh, ball comes loose from the quarterback. Uvalde is going to pick it up, and uh, Uvalde will return it. We do have a flag coming in place. Uh, Uvalde with the uh, tackle on top. The ball came loose, and Uvalde picked it up and takes it out to the 28-yard line. That was snuffed out from the very beginning there, Mike. If uh, went back to that street, the replay again, and if Duff gave the ball right there to Brown, he would have been tackled on the backfield to try to keep it and get around the other guy, but there's another one in the backfield right there, so both of them right there in the backfield not going to be able to uh, to make anything happen. Duff holding that ball, you know, like with one hand out there, almost like he was going to throw it. That ball just squirted out of his hands right there, and number 35 was able to pick it up and bring it out to the to the cat's 28-yard line, so that'll give Uvalde a little bit of breathing room right there. Up to go down about 42 to seven. This time they'll take over and see if they can get something going on offensively. And to start this at the 28-yard line, trips to the side, single wide up top. Mockham with the handoff to the running back number 22, trying to get around the outside. It'll be hit after a about five-yard game to play. We'll call it second down and five. Was able to get outside of Broughton over there. You don't see that very often. A little fake over there to the left side, and the running back was able to get around the right side around Broughton and pick up about six yards. So the first uh, first run of the game, you know, that they had success on. Nine minutes, 11 seconds. Wildcat 35, Coyote 7. Friday night football coming to you from Northeast Stadium. Got an update of Wild on a Rabelais tiny scoreboard. All tied up down the valley. Mercedes taking on Sherryland. They are tied up at seven apiece. Shotgun formation, a little toss to uh, the running back trying to get around that outside, Duke, and uh, minimal gain, maybe a half yard in the play. But that was kind of a weird option play there for Mata. Almost like he was just wanting to get rid of it. Yeah, you know, Mike, I got to say in the pregame, their, uh, their quarterback does not like to run the ball whatsoever. He'll stand back there and fling it around a little bit, but it was almost like an option play. But like you said, it was a real quick pitch. It almost looked like a a straight sweep that time, and Broughton wasn't having it at that time. He got he was able to stay on the outside and, and bring that ball carrier down for about a gain of one. Third down play coming up for the Coyotes. Three wide receivers, twin split to the uh, near side, single wide out of top. Number six will now shift in and uh, come to the slot position for the Coyotes. They'll uh, kind of stack them there on the inside. Running back to each side of the quarterback, Martha. Shotgun formation, hand up to number 22. Good. And uh, going up here, but he's going to be short of the first down, depending on the spot, dude. But I think he's going to be about a yard short of the first down. A big hit right there by number nine, Britt Gomez from the linebacker spot, coming up and, and stopping that running back in his tracks. Looked like number big number 75 came in and, and helped him out along the way. That was Roland Gonzalez. So looks like they're going to go for it here on fourth and short there, though, Mike. About a half yard to go for the first down. Shotgun formation. Again, the quarterback doesn't like to run it. You're going to probably see the hand up, and there it is, number 22. He's going to go around the outside edge. Needed one, picked up two to the 40-yard line. At that point, it's for the quarterback not being a threat. Now, I'd like to see the defense focusing on that running back. Yeah, they just kind of came back with the same exact play right there. They had a uh, 
a split backfield right there in the in the uh, the shotgun. They had running backs on either side of the quarterback Mata right there, and they just kind of went with that same play with his own to the right with the lead blocker out in front of him, and he was able to pick up that two yards for the first down and move the team. First down and 10 for the Coyotes. Clock running, approaching the seven-minute mark here in the second quarter. Takes a handoff, looking downfield again, looking for number six. You can kind of see it. Must be one of the favorite plays they run there. Uh, they've done that about three different times and were able to connect on it once. You know, looking at the film and stuff like that, they have a bunch of intermediate routes where they run double slants and they'll have a couple guys run an out route and one a little bit deeper and stuff like that. But like you said, they've been just kind of going with the little little hits and hits and go. They, they were successful with it last time for that touchdown. That time, Lively was able to uh, stay on top of his man right there and have good coverage and just a little bit overthrown. Weissart will check in at the corner. Mata fakes to the running back. Again, looking for that out loud. And uh, not sure who that was intended for. I don't know if that was quite intended for number five there. Is that five or six, the receiver? Yeah, number six was the attendant receiver right there, Xavier Vasquez. And that one went right off his hands. I believe he had an opportunity to catch that ball. Like I said, Mike, that time they went back to what I was just talking about. They had uh, two guys running out loud at the end. The inside guy ran about a five-yard out, and the outside guy ran about a ten-yard out. So that's why it looked like, you know, you couldn't really tell who it was going to because they're kind of in the same area. But that time it was, I believe, intended for, for Vasquez, and that one just went right off his hands. Would have been close to the first down if he was able to bring that one in. Third down and ten. Pump fake again, looking downfield, looking for that same play. This time again, he's going to overshoot his wide receiver, number six, Xavier Vasquez. Second time. We saw that play on it. You know, three down series there. Didn't see that same play twice. Yeah, just went with an out and up this time. The last time, uh, I believe, he ran a, a stop and go. That time it was an out and up. And so, basically the same type of route, like you said. And the uh, quarterback just gave him a little pump fake right there. They tried to hit it over the top. But that's the, the third or fourth time that we've seen him go for it like that. And probably the third or fourth time that we've seen him, the ball just a little bit overthrown. So, he was there for sure. He probably had a step on Weishardt over here to the left. But, Ball was just overthrown just about two or three yards for it, and it fell incomplete. Unfortunation for the Coyotes. Snap on the way. Again, running style kick. This one, a little low-line drive. This one's going to go out of bounds. No chance of return for the uh, Wildcats. We'll see where they'll spot it uh, as the uh, official will come up. And they're going to spot it at about the 30-yard line where the Wildcats will take over first down and 10. 35 to 7 is our score. Prime time crew coming at you on a Friday night. Thanks for being with us wherever you're at, at work, at home, in your car. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday night to join us. The team from Northeast Stadium, San Antonio, Texas. Colton Duff has taken over at quarterback for the Wildcats. And Dave Glam had the big first quarter. And again, we, we did say first quarter. What was the, what was the total, Mike? 300 some odd yards of. Two fifty-seven, I believe, is what uh, Coach Ferguson just mentioned. Duff, quarterback keeper. Duff, losing his footing. Duff on his feet, over the fifty. I'm sorry, that's Brown. Brown still on his feet. Brown runs him forward. Brown inside the twenty-five, and Brown. What a nice carry there by Brown. The ball was on the thirty, but easily about a forty-five, forty-six yard run for the. Uh, for the, running, for the running back. He was able to get off that initial defender right here, Mike. It was, uh, it was like the play was going to be stopped in the backfield, maybe a, a loss of a yard or two, and he was able to get off that guy, make another guy miss, and then actually Colton Duff carried out his fake right there, was out in front of him, kind of peeled back and made another block for him, and then was able to 
make another couple of guys miss. And like you said, just a beautiful run right there by Brown. We quickly like to thank our Golden Boosters. I'd like to thank HEB, Security Storage, Jack Taylor Insurance. How about Remax Associates, TCRV, Victoria Fine and Chemicals, Dealer Cattle Company, Atlas Tubular Pipe Brothers, BAD, Oak Productions, Electro and Supply. How about City Council Women, Carolyn Bond, Orange Grove Co-op, Cameron Commercial and Industrial, Attack and Robinson, LOP Attorney, Xavier Sawmill and Furniture, and Armadillo Chiropractic, Dr. Nick Bacham, and Bella Thornscreen. Those are just our uh, golden boosters who help us out throughout the season. We'll go ahead and get some of our longtime boosters. These are boosters that have supported the program for over 10 plus years. So many people that, uh, that help us out. Again, I'd like to thank uh, Charles Butler, Attorney at Law, maybe Army uh, Community Credit Union. Kevin Mahaney family. How about Bill Miller, Barbecue, Chop Trucking, Remax and Associates, Stephen Floyd, and Shelly Floyd. So, again, all of these are our longtime boosters over 10 years. On the first down play for the broadcast, handoff uh, for the uh, running back. I believe that's going to be Rocket. We've got 22 Hawkins on the carry. And Hawkins will take it to the 20 yard line, about a four yard gain on the play. That'll be up second down and six. Like a little trap play right there. We've been hitting them with that power on the outside and try to come back and, and catch them napping right there with a little trap play. And not bad defensive coverage right there by the power. It's only about a gain of five, but see if we come back to that power play once again, Mike. Brown on the carry. Brown, not for the first down. Sitting, lunging forward inside the 15. They'll spot him down at about the 13-yard line. Bread and bread right there, just going with that motion to the far side and falling three boys over there to the left. And Brown able to uh, shed a couple defenders. Nice little spin move right there at the end, picking up uh, about seven yards to pick up that first down and move the chain. Ball just inside the uh, the 15-yard line of the Coyotes. 35-7 to seven here in the second quarter, about five minutes left to go here in the first half. Wildcats split one man up. Richard Davis split wide up top. Handoff to be a running back, 22 Hawkins. Hawkins breaking tackles. Hawkins will glide his way into the end zone on a 13-yard carry. And Hawkins in the 22 point the end zone. Slippery is the word for that one right there. Just a uh, fake dive up the middle, give it to Hawkins around the right side, made a couple guys miss, and then slipped a couple tacklers, or that last tackler actually right there at about the five, and was able to put his hand in the ground and keep his balance right there and bring it into the end zone, and bring it into the end zone for another score. 41 to seven with the extra point coming out by number 85, Grant Gonzalez. Four minutes, 42 seconds remaining here in the half. Snap on the way. Duff with the hold. Gonzalez with the kick. This one through the upright. Cal Allen, 42. Uvalde, 7. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Wow. Clear. Clear. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm trying to get stuff so I can eat. Thirty seconds or a minute? Uh, let's just do a minute. What was that, Rich? Big spot over there. <laughs> sorry, buddy. I don't know sign language. We get an updated score. Hey, Rick, can you give us an updated score on the Mercedes game? 30 seconds. 
Gonzalez, high end over end kick. This one taken at the 20 yard line. Looks like that number five on the return for the uh, Coyotes. Venable gain on the return for number uh, five, J.T. Trevino. And he'll bring it out to the, the, what is it, 27 yard line for the Coyotes. So after the Wildcat touchdown, leading 42 to 7, Gonzalez with the uh, pooch kick. And the Coyotes will start this drive on their own 27-yard line. I have a couple linebackers checking in the game here, Mike. We've got Devin Newkirk and Ty Cade coming into the game. Replacing, uh, looks like they're going to replace Ray Steele, and Heath Thomas has been out for a little bit now. Gomez has been taking over him, so we've got some uh, new linebackers for in there. Mata, quick pass, and boy, was that the corner, man, there in a hurry. I'm trying to see who that is across the field, Duke. Is that the uh, that, uh, Chris? Is still in there, yeah. Just a little bubble screen right there to the inside receiver, the uh, outside receiver. He's, he's supposed to be blocking first up there, but as soon as the inside receiver touched the ball, it touched right there in his face and ended up spearing him and driving him into the uh, into the ground right there for a, a loss of about four. Coyotes looking over at the sideline. Representing District 29. Are the uh, third place team out of their district. And with a 7-3 record. Three and two in district play. Up on the way, Monta pump fake. That's pressure. Now hit as he throws. This one's going to fall incomplete. Trying to hit his wide receiver in front of number five, Crisp. But that one just fell out of bounds. He's trying to get rid of that one, basically. Was a, uh, they're going to fake that same bubble screen over here to the left and try to go deep. But as soon as that happened, we had, uh, I believe it was Escobar and Newkirk coming off of that right edge over there. And, Quarterback Mata just kind of turned and saw both of them right there and just kind of just lifted it out there to his outside receiver, and that one fell incomplete. It's going to bring up a third down and 15. For the Coyotes, rolling to his left, pressure, hit, and he's going to go down. That's going to be number 12, Michael Mata, holding on to just a little too long. And the uh, Wildcat defense getting there to put the pressure on him and bring him down for a sack. That was big number 69 right there. Jonathan Luna coming up and making that sack. The quarterback, Monson, was just rolling over here to his left looking for an open receiver. Nothing doing. And Luna just came up and laid the wood on him right there as soon as he turned around. Probably never saw the kid coming up and just gave him a big ear hole right there to set up that sack. Going to be a, about a fourth and like about 20-something here, Mike. I'm going to be bringing out the punt team. Yard to gain is the 37-yard line. Ball at the 16. Monta, rugby south kick. Again, fair catch. Signal that I think that's going gone off the uh, Wildcat defender, Duke. This may be a Coyote. There may be a turnover for the Coyotes here. I think the referees are going to talk this one out. I couldn't tell who it hit right there. There was a, one of the Wildcat defenders, I believe it was Lawrence Mann, was blocking one of the guys downfield and I'm not sure if it hit one of their defenders or if it hit man, but I guess they're going to call it that it hit man on the backside. It might have hit him on the calf or the foot or something like that. The ball kicked back about 10, 15 yards, and the Coyotes are able to jump on it, and they're going to say that we were the ones that touched it, I guess. They're going to give them the ball. We think they never came off the field. Two minutes and 39 seconds remaining here before the half, and the Coyotes were they. <laughs> Searching a break here, but again, it's kind of one of those, some of those crazy plays that the tournament signals fair catch, and the uh, defender was trying to block, and the ball just kind of hit him on the backside. I have flag on the play. 
I want to then go against the Coyotes. That'll back him up five yards. It'll be the procedure. Mark, that head referee is probably 6'7". Look at that guy. Look at how big he is. He's <laughs> number 22 right there, man. He's just noticed that. You're right. a big old dude. He's like Mr. Larson from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> he is pretty big. I just realized that when he said he'll get him at 22. Two minutes, 37 seconds. Mata hands it off to the running back, 22. Going around the outside, Escobar, number 70, along with number 20 for the uh, Wildcats there to make the stop. Uh, that's uh, Devin Newkirk, a linebacker who checked in. Loss on the play. Clock stops at 2 minutes and 29 seconds. We did get an updated score on our Rabelais IME postgame show down in the Valley. Mercedes taking on Sherryland. They are still tied up at 7 apiece. Winner of tonight's game will take on the winner between the bottom half of the bracket, which is Mercedes and Sherryland. And Coach Dukin, oh gosh, Thomas has put a hit on Mata. Came in on the blitz and the delayed blitz and Mata had no shot and lucky he was uh you know you know got rid of the ball dig, but he took a blind side shot that's a dangerous shot on that young man. Yeah, they're gonna say that it, they're gonna call it a fumble there, Mike. The ball rolled out at about the twenty two yard line, so they will call it a fumble. I wasn't sure if his his arm was moving toward there or not, but God man, like you said, this came up and gave him a blind side shot right there and the ball went flying in the air. Straight toward their sideline. They will call it a fumble, so it's going to set up a uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. A third and 30 here for the Valley Coyote. Dude, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I was told that the uh, matchup, if the Wildcats uh, can keep this momentum going, I think next week's matchup is already set. I've been told that if uh, Mercedes, the game will be played at Kingsville. Halloween Stadium, and the Sherryland will be at home. We'll be playing a home game. You're right. The uh, Sherryland game, they tried to go with the, uh, a home-and-home. Home. We wanted to play at Kingsville. We ended up losing that first ta- uh, coin flip, and so they went with the home-and-home. Home. We flipped again to see where it would be, and we ended up winning that one. So uh, the game, if we play Sherryland, like you said, it will be will be at our house. If uh, if not, we have to end up playing Mercedes, we will play in Kingsville at Texas uh, Tech and Kingsville. Let me stop kick again by Mato. It's this one away. Takes the bounce. A nice little roll. Hawkins picks it up at the 32. I'm going on the outside. Trying to get a wall. Escobar just lays somebody out. Hawkins at midfield at the 50. Driving, spinning, still on his feet. Now outside the 45. And Escobar just lifts somebody up. Wow. It's uh, probably the fourth or fifth time we've seen that this year. Most of the time it's big throttling out there. But they got Escobar leading the way. And just like you said, man, he just to uh, – Defender had no shot right there, trying to get to, to Hawkins right there. He was about a yard away from him. Looked like he might have had an angle on him, and Escobar just came up and cleaned the way, cleaned the absolute way right there for uh, for Hawkins to pick up a huge gain right there, bringing out the ball onto the Uvalde 45-yard line. So, once again, great field position for the Cats. Looks like uh, we're going to have another quarterback in here, Mike. Looks like Dylan Fiera from the JV team is going to end up Coming under center, looks like we got a little price. Shannon Price back there in the backfield. And off to the running back, and uh, no game on the play. But, uh, again, uh, Duke calling out the players. So we got the, our first uh, first side of a Q-tip on the field. It's been on the offensive side. we got three of them in there, Mark. Looks like uh, 
Castro is lined up there at, at the tight end spot. We got Shannon Price back in the uh, the backfield. We got Dylan Fiddle under center here with about a minute to go here in the first quarter. Well, that's got to be an adrenaline for those young men. Handoff, right side, inside the 40 to the 37 to the 36. Is going to be number 13, Lawton Moeller for the Wildcats. Picked up with about uh, eight, nine yards in the play. They're up there down at one. You know, the kids were joking about it today. We, were, uh, we gave them their uniforms and stuff like that, and they're all pumped to put on the new Nike uniforms and be out there and have that little agility rush going. You know, I'm hoping that uh, we can keep this up and we can get some freshman players in there. I, I was kind of joking about them. I was like, hey, man, you might get in. They're like, oh, there's no shot. You're looking at it right now, 42 to 7 right before half. They might have an opportunity to get in the ballgame. Quarterback keeper needed one, picked up three. That may be the last play, though, Coach. Six seconds remaining here before half. Wildcats with a 42 to 7 lead over the Valdi Coyotes. And that will be the end of the first half as we will go to the NC World Unity Fabrication Halftime Show. Wildcats 42. Uvalde 7. We'll be back with more of Wildcat Football on 1360 KKCX. How are we doing on the commercial spots, Greg? Are we uh, ahead of schedule? We're on the last break for uh, the second quarter. We're about to start halftime right now. Okay. Let's go ahead and go two minutes. Let's go ahead and get ahead because, as we mentioned, we're going to start bringing in a bunch of subs. We're already seeing some uh, kids without decals in their heads. Okay, so you said a two-minute break? No, it's for two minutes here. Okay, you got two minutes. If anybody's listening in, we would love some nachos. <laughs> Feel free. Bring them up. We'll tip you. I'll buy if you fly. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fantastic. They said that, and there was like no way we could. 30 seconds. Yeah. Still seven seven. Fifteen seconds. Wow, that was a quick two minutes. <laughs> Is that two minutes? Five seconds. What about um? We'll go do a quick check in. Hey, you know your life, right? I am. We are back. The MC Welding and Fabrication Halftime Show. I'd like to thank our producer, Greg Garcia. Our primetime crew coming at you from Northeast Stadium in San Antonio, Texas. Tom Mike Grill, alongside Coach Ryan Duke. Our statistician is Coach Mike Brotherton, working hard to our left. And that Coach Duke just got told at halftime the uh, Mission Sherryland. I'm sorry, the Sherryland 
Mercedes game is tied up at seven apiece here at Hummelander Stadium. Wildcats forty-two to seven. Good night to the uh, senior quarterback number eight, Gates Lamb. Already, we told you over three hundred yards. All purpose offense in the first half. Another scores from around the area, Coach. Look what do we have? We've got a couple of district scores for you. King taking on Floresville. They're up twenty to nothing at halftime. Uh, obviously, the game here forty-two to seven. Down on Uvalde. Uh, the uh, Eagle Pass win Mavericks are up 21-7 to over the Carroll High School Tigers. And Fire Bluff taking on Southside, the uh, Cardinals out there. They're up 21-0 to at half, so there's some uh, district scores for you. There you go. Our Rambolades IME scoreboard coming to you from northeast San Antonio, uh, Texas, right here by the San Antonio Airport, 281 in Bitter's Road. Friday night football temperature, we told you 65 degrees at game time. Beautiful night for high school football. As the uh, Uvalde uh, band performing for their crowd across the field, Uvalde didn't bring a big crowd, dude, but it's kind of deceiving. That, those bleachers across the field are actually pretty big. This is a big stadium. I don't know what the capacity is here, but it is a very large stadium. And, uh, again, we talked about the uh, turf, you know, the lighting. Just, it's a very nice complex, to say the least. And uh, here we are in northeast San Antonio with the Wildcats leading 42-7 to over the uh, Uvalde Coyotes. And, uh, I'm just trying to kind of figure out what that is, dude. We saw that on camera a while ago. Uh, Rich, you see it kind of going across the field there again. I don't know what the heck that is. Like a spider web or something? I don't know. No clue. But, uh, whatever it is, the Uvalde band making their way on the field. Big half, first half uh, for uh, Big Slant. Played uh, 12 minutes, not quite the whole first quarter. Turned it over to the uh, a uh, younger quarterback, Colton Duff, and at the end, I know you mentioned the uh, younger young quarterback. So, help me out. Who was that? Coach Duke? Dylan Fila. Dylan Fila, sophomore. Sophomore quarterbacks. We've seen three quarterbacks here in the first half of the Carolina Wildcats as they lead 42-7. to seven. Uh, And, again, just uh, offensively, they've uh, pretty much at will done what they wanted. And uh, with the exception of the uh, long pass play, the uh, 50-yard touchdown pass, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the, I want to say it was the – 69-yard touchdown pass from Mata to Trevino. This defense has done a really good job here in the first half against this Coyotes uh, uh, team. We'll come back as you listen to the MC Walden Fabrication Halftime Show. As the first person getting the stats ready, we've got the top 10 from around the state. We have a lot more to come at you right here on the MC Walden Fabrication Halftime Show. Two minutes. Okay. Five. You put us down for two minutes? You want two minutes or a minute? Yeah, two minutes. All right, I got you. Okay, you got an extra minute. All right, cool.
30 seconds. Seconds. Gotcha. Five seconds. Welcome back. You're listening to Cal Football on 1360 KKTX. This is the MC Welding and Fabrication Halftime Show. Here at the break, Cal and up 42 to 7 at a uh, couple Q-tips coming in the game, as Mike mentioned. We had uh, Dylan Fieler coming in at quarterback. We had Shannon Price coming in at a running back spot. We had a uh, tight end, uh, Matt Castro, coming in, playing there toward the end of the, uh, the first half there. We're going to have some first-half stats. Coach Brotherton working hard over here to my left. Always, the, uh, always kicking over here. Always working hard over here to my left. We got uh, tonight for Cal, we got 15 first downs. 305 yards rushing, 107 passing yards for a total of 412 yards total offense here in the first half. That's four penalties for 35 yards. Tonight, our rushing leaders, uh, Gage Lamb, has four carries for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Brown has eight carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. Duff has chipped in with three carries and 22 yards, and Hawkins has two carries for 17 yards and a touchdown. Lamb tonight passing was four of eight for 107 yards, two touchdowns. Receiving tonight, John Gaddis had a big night with two catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. Lanham had two catches for 34 yards and a touchdown for a total power possession of 825. So then some uh, quick scoring drives there for the Cats. Good hitter for sure. Then uh, you know you think about that 90-yard run by uh, you know Gates Lamb. Just quick hitting plays. He had a 50-yard uh, uh, touchdown pass from Lamb to Gaddis. Uh, it's it just in the big place tonight to be a Wildcat. You know, this uh, whole uh, uh, thing got started with a 36-yard touchdown pass from Lamb to Lanham. And then the, uh, right shortly after that, it was a 90-yard touchdown uh, run by Gates Lamb. The two-point conversion was good by Alec Brown. They gave him a 14-0 lead. Two minutes and 11 seconds, they get a one-yard touchdown run from the running back, Alec Brown, making it 21 0 and then uh, the Coyotes were able to capitalize a 69-yard touchdown pass with 250 left to go in the opening quarter. Mata connecting with Torino, making it 21 to 7. And then again, not even 30 seconds later, two minutes and 22 seconds, 50-yard touchdown pass from Lamb to Gaddis, 28 to 7. And then with 150 left, Gates Lamb again with a 45-yard touchdown run, making it 35 to 7 uh, over the uh, Coyotes. And then the last one. Was 4:42 left to go before the half. They get a 13-yard touchdown run from number 22, Zach Hawkins. That made it 42 to seven. That's where we are at halftime. We're on the MC Welding and Fabrication Halftime Show. The Uvalde band performing uh, on the field, uh, and then Coach Lincolnson in our first half. I'm going to follow the recap there, but you can see why those big numbers indicate what the uh, stats are for the Wildcats. Let's see what Uvalde's done here in this first half. Uh, you know, they've only got three first downs tonight. We've held them to negative nine rushing yards, uh, a lot of that coming from the, the big sacks that we've had tonight. Uh, passing yards, they had 70 passing yards. What was that? They had the one. 69. For, for, yeah, so, they, you know, from that one big play after that, they've only had about a yard yard or two passing after that, just that, that one big uh, big miscommunication we had in our, in our secondary for a total of 61 yards in total offense. They had one penalty for five yards. 
Uh, rushing tonight, Rodriguez has ran the ball nine times for 19 yards. Castillo has ran the ball twice for negative four. And then those big sacks coming up and helping the, the Cats tonight. Mata has three rushes for negative 24 yards. Passing tonight, uh, Mata is 6 of 14 for 75 yards and a touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, receiving tonight, Trevino's had that one catch for a, uh, for the touchdown for a total time of possession of 14.05. There you go. That's uh, the first half recap. I want to thank Coach Fredrickson for helping us out with the um, first half stats. Hey, what is the big thing? I'm trying to keep up on that iPad a couple of weeks ago uh, when we had the attendee year and we were able to go down there and, and work, work with your classrooms. You try to do the double duty. You try to put the headset on. And uh, trying to keep up with everything, not only between the, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, keeping up with the game, the stats, and then trying to do some color commentating, it was just overwhelming. But uh, uh, he told me I owed him a couple of diet Pepsi. But I uh, I got to pay him back for that one. You know, it's like, it's like I said, like it was my my tenure down there, and I was able to get down there and, and see all the guys again. You know, I was, I was fortunate for. Uh, Coach Brotherton to help us out a little bit and get on the radio. You know, then last week, uh, you know, when you had your, your late arrival coming in from work, he was uh, over here trying to help me out with the with the stats and the rosters and everything else. He's been in a, doing a great job uh, all season long. For us. He's been working hard over here to our left. You know, he doesn't get much get much time until the halftime show and the, the sub varsity report. Now we're we're done with the sub varsity, so we just gotta give him as, as much props as he can over here to our left. There you go. I'd like to again, thank them for helping us out. Uh, just, uh, everybody that helps out with the program, I'd like to like, quickly like to thank Brent Osterman with Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. I'd like to wish the Cal Wildcats the best of luck on the 2016 playoff run. Whether you're in need for home, auto, life insurance, Texas Farm Bureau Insurance can give you and your family the protection it deserves. Give Brent Osterman a call today at 361-815-0608 or stop by the office at 643 South. On Highway 77 in Ross Pass. Meet all your insurance groups, Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. Give them a call at 361 815 0608. Go, Cat, go from Brent Sosterman, Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. Helping us out tonight with our worldwide web broadcast. Pet by Radio Group. You mentioned it. You know, a lot of people back home in Corpus, people listening uh, on the uh, appearance station right here on 1360 KKTX. But for those of those out of town, out of state, even out of country, have the ability to listen to us on the World Wide Web or Direct Connect Online. You have a couple of people that you were able to give a couple of shout-outs to earlier. I'd like to thank everybody for being a part of the show uh, to make it possible to be in these games on a Friday night. We're going to take another break here on the uh, uh, MC World and Fabrication Halftime Show. We'll be back with uh, Coach Devitsu. Uh, we'll get, get us started with the top three from around the state. We are in the five-district round of the playoffs. We'll be back with more Wild Cup football. On 1360 KKTX. You all got the top 10 over there, right? 30 seconds. <laughs> go ahead and put another minute on it so we go two minutes. Two minutes? Yes, sir. Yeah, let's go ahead and get ahead a little bit. Let's see if we can get some other.
Uh, I guess I'm about to kill this break. What's that? What is that, dude? Uh, 35 seconds. Okay. Now you have 30 seconds. All right. I just started rapping and I threw the headset. This is, dude, I went to get me a cup of coffee. Somebody, somebody literally filled the whole thing full of coffee. You know, he was just like a little red scoop. I don't never drink coffee. But I saw it come out like chocolate, like dip. 10 seconds. What is this? So I opened up the lid. I promise you, this dude. Now I'm right here, he's like, full of coffee. I was like, all right, welcome back to the MC World and Fabrication Halftime Show. Coming to you from Northeast Stadium, San Antonio, Texas. Prime time crew coming at you. I'm Mike Grohl, alongside uh, Coach Ryan Duke. Our statistician is Coach Mike Burlington. And our producer tonight is uh, Greg Garcia, helping us out back in the studio, back in Corpus, as we come to you live from Northeast Stadium on a beautiful Friday night. As uh, Coach Duke is going to turn over our uh, sub varsity reports. Uh, and uh, we can uh, go into, uh, I don't know what y'all guys see up so far, see top 10, whatever you want to talk about, guys. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I'm going to kind of take a side step real quick since uh, our football season's over down at the junior high, and I've switched over uh, the day after our last game on Wednesday and went straight to golf for high school golf. And just wanted to give a shout-out to my uh, teams right now for the high school golf. We've uh, already, within that amount of time, have been in several tournaments. We, we played um, – Last week, we went and had took the varsity boys and girls to the Carroll uh, Invitational Tournament over at Gabe Lozano. Ended up bringing home first place for the boys and uh, the girls. I didn't quite have a team yet, but uh, I had uh, Michaela McCurry. She uh, shot a good round on the second day. Shot to end up uh, even par for 72 and taking second place in that tournament. So I went ahead and decided to move up some of my JV girls so I could have a full team for this week. Uh, the boys then also uh, had, a, had a tournament uh, on Monday, the, the TM Invitational for JD, and we ended up uh, had two boys tournament, uh, two boys teams in that. They both uh, took first and second place there. So then uh, today, this is why I'm already delirious, is uh, up at 6.30 a.m. this morning with the 7.30 tea time we start playing. They got my varsity boys and girls. Uh, it's a varsity TM invitational at River Hills, so that helped out a little bit being at home. Currently, right now, after rounds one, the boys are in first place and the girls are in third place. I now have a team with moving them up, so uh, already in third place for them. So that's a good start off for our golfing. So I've been up here, you know, say I'm working hard. I'm, I'm kind of doing two things right now, trying to get all the stats done, but also email all of my kids their tea times for tomorrow too because we're going to progressive start and, and so everybody's got a different tea time tomorrow so it's like trying to answer all of the questions to get them their start times and uh, so you're going to be out early in the morning again tomorrow? I, I, I got to be at the golf course at 6.30 <laughs> so yeah we need to run this fucking go as quick as we can so that way uh, I, I can get home uh, it's going to be a tough time tomorrow I know uh, getting up and getting there for those kids, but uh, shoot, I have one out there doing it, watching them play. Uh, it's 
Cal Allen, you know, if we're winning again already, I've got three trophies sitting in my classroom just from the tournament that we played, and we just started to, so uh, enjoying that. <laughs> but I'm going ahead, and I've uh, been given the uh, top ten reports, so we'll go ahead through the uh, 6A division, and right now coming in at number 10 is Tyler, uh, sitting at a record of 9-1. and one. At number 9 is Peter Hill. Number 8 is South Lake Carroll. At number 7 uh, is Cibolo Steel. And at uh, number six is uh, Peter Ridge out of Round Rock. Uh, coming in at number five, a uh, name we all well know, Lake Travis. At number four, San Angelo Central, uh, sitting at 10-0. Uh, number three, DeSoto, is at 10-0. Number two, the Woodman, at 10-0. And, of course, at number one, Allen right now, sitting at 10-0 for those guys. Moving down to the 5A rankings, we have... Uh, uh, our own Cal Allen right now currently sitting at number 35 uh, with a 9-1 record. But uh, you watch this team right now, that uh, number 35 don't really mean anything uh, the way I'm watching these guys play. At number 10 is Simple. Uh, their record sitting at 7-3. and three. Uh, Coming in at number 9 is uh, Mansfield Legacy. At number 8, Highland Park out of Dallas. Number 7, Foster. Number 6, College Station. Number 5, Lancaster. Sitting at number four, Alito at 10-0. I know they put, uh, they had their first-round playoff last night. I saw their score. Uh, they put up 69 points on the board. So, uh, they're, they're getting after it. Uh, coming in at number three is uh, Denton is Ryan at 10-0. Uh, number two, Cedar Park at 10-0. And sitting at number one forever, uh, Manville sitting at 10-0 as well. Moving down to the uh, 4A uh, rankings, this is Division One ranking uh, for the 4A field. Uh, number 10 is Alvarado. Uh, number 9, Midlothian Heritage. There you go. Uh, number 8 is Bayon. Number 7, Carthage. Number 6, Stafford. Number 5 is El Campo. Number 4, Argyle. Number 3 is Henderson at 9-1. Number 2, China Spring at 9-1. And at number 1 right now, Waco, La Vega at 10-0. Going to the Division II rankings of 4A, uh, you have uh, sitting at number 10 is Belfield. <coughs> Excuse me, Loren, Lorena at number 9, Giddings at 8, Harrison at 7, Crum at 6, Redwater at 5, Cuero sitting at 4, and uh, Navarro at 3, Gilmer at uh, number 2 with a 9-1 record, and West Orange Stark at 2-0, uh, leading it at number 1. Also to mention that the 3A rankings at the Division 2. At number 7 locally is Odom at 9-1. And, and at the 2A Division 1 level, uh, sitting in the number 1 spot right now currently is Rosario at 9-1. And, and and it, like, it seems like the same thing, like over and over, man. Uh, back when I was in high school, it was always South Lake Carroll leading the way with the KD, teams like that. Now you look at the the, the 5A rankings, and it's, it's Manville, and it's the Cedar Park, and it's, uh, it's, it seems like the same same type of teams are always up there on the front, on the top side of that, those rankings, and uh, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough goal. But you know, we're looking at the making the same stuff, and we end up making it to the semifinals. You might end up facing uh, you know a, a Cedar Park team or a College Station team, something like that. They're both sitting at ten and zero, uh, doing some some good things this year. So it's gonna be, like I said, you know, once we get past uh, these next couple of rounds, you know, it's gonna get a little bit tough of course, and, it, and we're gonna face a, a familiar foe, I'm sure. Uh, even if you look in the six-day rankings, you know, Allen's been up there forever. DeSoto's always there. Lake Travis, Cedar Ridge, uh, Cibolo Spill, all those guys. South Lake Carroll, even, uh, you know, it's just always a huge testament to those, those programs around the, 
the Dallas and Houston areas that are that are always coming up, and obviously with the uh, the guys from Lake Travis and Cedar Ridge up there at Round Rock. So once again, you know, you look at those stats and you see the same type of teams year in year out. And um, like you said, you know, our, our ranking went down to 35, but it just might have been because uh, you know our district has been a little bit down this, this year a little bit. But you know, you look at the guys out here playing tonight and everything's hitting on all cylinders. Our defense has been playing lights out once again. And, uh, you know, hopefully that, that ranking it'll, it'll change a little bit after this week, especially with half the uh, half the high school in Texas. You know, going home after tonight. Oh yeah, a lot of them are going to disappear from those rankings, and and uh, you know, what a strong forty-two to seven halftime. And uh, you know, the other game that we're we're kind of keeping an eye on is sitting at seven to seven halftime. Uh, and of course, we already played Mercedes once this year, beginning beat them twenty to seven. So doesn't matter who comes up to us. I think we'll be ready for them. Um, Please through that second round, hopefully move on to that third round. Yeah, we'll be uh, back here in a minute. You're listening to the MC Welding and Fabrication Halftime Show. That was uh, Coach Mike Bellington to my left. We're going to get Mike back here in the, uh, in the booth here in a second. I'm Coach Ryan Duke. You're listening to Cowan Football on 1360 KKTX. Two minutes. Two minutes? Sounds good. <laughs> One minute. Gotcha. Fifteen seconds. Five seconds. Welcome back to the action. We're here in Northeast San Antonio here at Jerry Comalander Stadium out here at the uh, Blossom Athletic Center. Cats up 42-7. to seven. The Cats will be receiving the ball here in the second half. We're going to see uh, who comes out with this, uh, big, this big lead. We've already seen a couple of uh, by the, uh, the JV move-ups get into the game. We had uh, Dylan, Be- Dylan Fila actually in their quarterback. We had a new running back, Shannon Price. You probably remember that name. It's uh, the last one of the Price boys coming up. And uh, out there in the backfield, uh, 
helping out. It's like you're going to have um, the last five fourths. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not sure. I don't think there's another one back there, but he was a uh, he was a force for us last year on the on the freshman level. Then he was doing his thing again on the on the JV man. And I thought the entire year he was going to get moved up pretty quickly. You know, he's been a he's been a one man wrecking crew down there at every level he's been at. It's uh it's good to see him try to get try to get him into the game here. We're we're talking about it with uh, Coach Hofstetter, and they're they get, they're going to give him a, a varsity jersey and try to get him in there and and uh, you know get him on some. Some kickoff returns. He's, he's actually out there right now. Amazing. Number five. He's got a JV jersey on right there. He's going to be returning one of these kicks here, man. He's uh, he's lightning in a bottle, man. He's he's just like exactly what all the uh, all the other prices that I can't do. You, you know, you you think about that Manville game when Price had two of them. Price had two of those returns. That's the same game, exactly right. Good to see that again. I'd like to thank anybody for doing this on a Friday night. Uvalde just made their way on the field. I'd like to thank Coach Bradenton for helping us out. Uh, Sleepless night last night, to say the least. I'm drinking coffee. Very rarely do I drink coffee, but uh, just trying to, trying to keep alert and trying to stay awake. But you can see the price uh, in the winning number five. On winning number 23, Austin and Pysart, they will be lined up deep inside their 10-yard line. Kicking off for the uh, uh, Coyotes, the number 10, Isidro Estamina. They'll be kicking off from the 40-yard line. And let's see if they uh, decide to kick deep or they go with that little... A uh, little pooch kick like did last time. I think it was Moeller, I believe, that got to return last time. So I'd like to thank everybody for being with us. The NC World Union Fabrication Halftime Show. We get ready for the opening kickoff for the third quarter right here from Northeast San Antonio. Homelander Stadium. And we are off. There it is. High pooch kick. This one's going to be taken at the 27-yard line. Coming across the field, it's going to be the Jackson Lanham. I believe it is. Lanham will come out to the 44-yard line. And that's where the Wildcats will start this drive with number 82, Jackson Lanham. I was hoping they kick it back deep. Price is back there with uh, Weishart back there to kick to uh, return that one. I was hoping they'd bring it back to him and let the, the young guy run. But just a little pooch kick right there, filled it by Lanham, and they was able to, to bring it out to about the 45-yard line. So a pretty good return right there on the uh, pooch kick. First down and 10 for the Wildcats. We'll see who can in a quarterback, and it's going to be the uh, – the field, I think, is what you told me, dude. Number one, uh, the uh, junior is a sophomore quarterback, I believe. Sophomore quarterback, it looks like him. He stands about 6'3", 6'4". Wow. Guess you're right. Only number five, Price in the backfield. Wildcats come out with a three tight end set. So Price in the backfield. Looking, launching downfield. It's for his wide receiver just over the ladder. Wow. Not a bad looking throw for that young kid there, dude. Got a strong arm. He's got a big arm. You know, he plays baseball as well. And he's, uh, like I said, he stands about 6'4, 6'5. And that time he rolled out to his right and just overshot his right receiver right there. He actually uh, had Joel Garza going down the middle of the field. He's coming back yelling at him right there, saying, hey, I was wide open. Nobody even covered him right down the middle of the field. But he had another receiver open over there to the right side and was just overthrown. You really can't tell where the vantage point we are. I guess uh, looking at the camera, you can't tell he's a big kid. Looking back, again, dropping, looking for his wide receiver, and just uh, overlaid his uh, wide up. Another cute tip on the field. Maybe you can help me with that one, dude. Looks like is that number 80? 88. That was Matt Castro right there, the uh, the young sophomore tight end. So Danner's over here on the numbers yelling at Fila right here. Joel Garza was wide open once again. I don't know if he's got something against Garza or not, but the last two plays, man, he's been running wide open down the, the middle of the field the last time, and he's over here about 10 yards in the flats. And, Fila never saw him try to go up top. That ball was well overthrown, but he could have knocked that one down over here to, 
the guards have picked up a good game. Third down and 10. Handoff, 13. Lanham coming up field. Lanham trying to pick up the first down. Lanham driving his feet. Needed 10. Looks like he's going to have about nine. Nice run there by the running back, number 13. Duke, is that a situation? I mean, obviously the kid's got to be a little excited for a starting night action, but when you come out of the hole, you just lock into your receiver thinking, I'm going to throw to this guy no matter what. Well, the last time, you know, he came out and the guy was open, so he might have just came out and said, you know, he was open last time. I think he's going to be open this time. We'll see how, see how far I can go and try to get a big gain out of it. But, you know, it's just uh, like you're saying, you might, the nose might be running a little bit, and he was trying to go over the top and try to get a big gain instead of the Taking the sure, sure shot over here in the flat. Price on the carry, his first one. He's got the 35, 20, 15, inside the 15 to the 11, and there you see the speed. Fourth down and one from the 46, and he picks up a, what is that, about a 30-yard carry? 37-yard carry on his first carry as a varsity football player. Pretty good move right there. Just a power play over here to the left side. Made a guy miss. Kind of got away from an arm tackle and then was able to outrun it. But everybody but one guy right there, that uh, backside safety, was able to come back and, and get him right there just inside the 10-yard line. But probably showing his wheels here early. First down and goal. Ball resting inside the 10 at the 9. Quarterback picks it up on the carpet. Takes a shot, dude. Yeah, kind of missed handled the uh, snap from the uh, quarterback exchange and went down with fortunate enough to be able to pick it up and then he took a shot from that middle linebacker. Yeah, they're going to say his knee was down when he went down to pick up that ball and they called it dead right there. <laughs> took a shot as the whistle was blowing right there, so they kind of just stopped the play. But when he went down to get that, that mishandled snap, they said that his, uh, his knee was right there on the ground. How What's the stature of five? Uh, number five and Isaiah... Running around the 5-3, quarterback keeping it, quarterback, touchdown. Nine-yard touchdown run by the sophomore quarterback. Is it Fila? Fila. Fila chiropractic. <laughs> Is that really? That's, <laughs> wow, there you go. Yeah, Price, like you are saying, he runs about 5-8. He's only about 150 pounds, and, man, he's, he's down there in the 4-5 four, four, area running on the, the, that 40-yard dash, so he's got some. He's got some wheels time. You know, as soon as he puts on a little bit of weight, he's going to be a force uh, just like his brothers. 9.51 left to go here in the third quarter. Nine-yard touchdown run by the quarterback, Fila. Extra point on the way. Kick. This one is going to be blocked. 9.51 left to go in the third quarter. Cal Allen, 48. You buy this seven. We'll be back with more log hit football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. One minute. One minute. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Ten 
seconds. Five seconds. Gonzalez with the kick. This one taken at the 18-yard line going right up the middle is number 22. Breaks a tackle on around the outside. And, uh, Duke, you can see a little bit of uh, special teams, a little bit of extra curricular activity going on there by number 55 and 44. But uh, the return man gets a nice return for Uvalde uh, brings out to the 36-yard line. And that was number 22, David Rodriguez. He's been returning most of the kicks tonight. And like you said, you know, we've been, uh, they've been trying to go over there to their sideline, and that time he tried to hit it up the middle. Kind of got to stop there for a second when he was able to get around the coverage team a little bit. But like we had Washington up there on the top, uh, basically corralling him into the, into the sideline and getting him to push him out of bounds, bringing the ball up to about the 36-yard line. First down and 10, trying to launch it downfield. This is going to be overthrown. Mata trying to hit his wide receiver, number 11. That will go incomplete. Yeah, that ball intended for Sandoval right there. It landed about, about 10, 12 feet over here into our sideline. We almost made a good catch over here. Uh, I believe that was Joe Garz over here. Almost made a one-hander, but that uh, that pass was way out of the way right there. Just a little fake the hitch and tried to go over the top, and there was nothing doing Again, Mata launching it downfield. This one's going to drop incomplete. Two quick passes, dude. Strive started with 941. And then, is that an incomplete pass? Yeah, it was just a straight vertical route right there to Kristen Flores. And well, I don't think you ever looked at the quarterback. The ball hit him right in the head. Well, the reason I asked about the incomplete is, you know, if you look over to the right again, not trying to be disrespectful, but the clock is rolling. So they're going to. It's an object on the clock here. I think it like, has to be like a mutual agreement by the coaches. Mata looking. Dumps it off to play running back, number 24, trying to make a move. Looks like Brogdon, or is it Brogdon, or that's Thomas. 36 is Thomas will bring him down. Yeah, just a little swing route over here to number 24. That's Chris Castillo. Was able to pick up about two or three yards right there, but Keith Thomas checking back in the game. He's been out of the game for the quarter, first quarter after that, that big lead that Callum put up, and Looks like they put the starters in for at least one drive here. Came up and uh, Heath Thomas came up and made that tackle for about a gain of one or two right there. So it'll bring out the punt team. Looks like Mata will drop deep once again to punt this one off. Back deep to receive is number 22, Hawkins. Only one man deep, Duke. We've seen two throughout the year, but with this formation, uh, you're seeing a different type of return. Mata with a kick. Hawkins at the 31. Hawkins trying to get it on the outside, trying to set up a wall. Hawkins has some room. Hawkins has the 50. Hawkins has his feet. Hawkins has the 40, 35, 30. Cuts it up to him. Cuts it back to the right. Hawkins at the 10. Hawkins is in the end zone. 70 yard touchdown on the punt return by number 22. Just weaved his way. You can just see that. The way he set up his blocks, cut. It just reminded me so much of, I hate to say this, but Barry Sanders almost would play the fingers. He would. Act like he's going to face to the left, and the thing is spun around him. By the time he's spun around, he's cutting back to the right. He's just walking into the end zone. I was looking back at the uh, the punt coverage team right there, and they're kind of looking around. They've seen a couple big hits that we put on them early in the game, and they're kind of looking around waiting for somebody to come up and hit them. And, and uh, about two or three guys ran over each other right there for Uvalde and just set up a huge opening to the right. When he was about on our own 45-yard line, I stuck my hands in the air like he was going for the score because you could see that beautiful wall set up by their sidelines. And Like you said, Hawkins was doing the rest, kind of making people think he'd go in one way and then take off the other and just walk into the end zone there for the touchdown. That's probably one guy that I showed it uh, 68, 
68-69, and he was close to the 30, so we will officially be called a 69-yard punt return for a touchdown to the 22. Zach Hawkins takes it into the end zone. Wildcats 54-7, and there's still 7.57 remaining here in the third quarter. So the Wildcats, uh, again, looking strong in the third quarter. They will uh, – I'm, I'm going to go on the line uh, on the rumors. So they will advance to the next week uh, area round. Uh, they will move in to either play at home at the field down the field against uh, – uh, that would be Sherry Land. And if it's Mercedes, that game will take place at the Kingsville. Last up they had in that game, they were tied up at seven apiece. And a half time. We'll try to update that score for you again here shortly. Not a bit men, Mike, but I think you're pretty sick on that one. 54 to 7 here. Yeah, take my odds on this one. I don't know for sure. <laughs> in the third quarter. Gonzalez with the extra point. It was wide right for the extra point. No good. This time, left footed kicker, high end over end kick. This one taken at the 10 yard line. And again, number 22 just going straight up field. This time, he'll be met at the 25 yard line. Coming up from the bottom of the pile is. Uh, is that number three? Wait, that's number three for the Wildcats. Uh, Julian Pilon, uh on the return. We do have a flag on the field, though, for the, uh, by the referee crew. We're going to block in the back right here, Mike. Is that something to do with that extracurricular on the last one, maybe? Well, I mean, you know, Ubali, I mean, again, you've got to give these kids credit. They're coming out, but, you know, they've been pretty competitive all year. You know, they've put some points on the board. They're, they're, you know, to say the least, they're, they're good man him tonight. I'm sure frustration starting to set in. Some of these players are seniors, knowing that this is going to be their last game of their uh, high school career, and, and for most of them, uh, in their career in general. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mike. You know, it's uh, like you said, it's well out of hand here, 54 to seven. It's going to be their last game, and you know, you just like to see this. You know, we get out of here injury free, and you know, a lot of the extracurricular stuff kind of goes away. You know, you don't want to come in there and get a cheap shot because you're down by this much, but it is a you know it's a tough feeling, especially being down this much with the with the quarter and a half to go. Dump off pass to the receiver on the far flat, brings it out to the 15 yard line, about a two three yard gain on the play. Probably one second down in eight. And again, that's one thing about the playoffs. You know, the one team will advance and prepare for the next week. The other team wakes up Saturday morning, turns in their gear and and uh, turns in their helmet, and that's it. Second down and eight. Shotgun formation, four wide receivers for the uh, Coyotes. Again, they go with the no-huddle offense. Look over to the sideline. They take the call from their coaching staff. They are in the third quarter on a Friday night here in San Antonio, Texas. Thanks for being with us on a Friday night. Mata dropping back, looking. Right, uh, he is a you know, right-handed the quarterback, launches it, hits his wide receiver number five, which is going to be enough for the first down for the uh, Coyotes. That's J.T. Trevino. It's only their fourth first down of the night, if I'm correct, that's what to do. Exactly right. That is their fourth first down. Just going to give a little shout-out to my girlfriend. She just uh, decided to call into our Direct Connect line and listen to <laughs> us. Uh, she's headed over to a concert, listening on her on her way in the truck. So I appreciate you listening to us here. Uh, thanks for for calling in, listening into us a little bit. Thanks for putting up with him. I've known him a long time. So <laughs> you must be a good young lady to be able to put up a discat. Six minutes, 23 seconds remaining here in the third quarter. Coyotes facing a third down and one. Ball driving left to right on your radio dial. Trip split to the left, single wide out down low. 
Clock rolling, six minutes and three seconds for the uh, Coyotes. Trying to pick up their second first down on this drive. Did they call that one short, Mike? The second, did I miss the last play there? Uh, no, he, he caught it across the middle. He was just short. Hand off to the running back, 22. Need to uh, the yard for the first down. He'll pick up three yards. That's number 22, David Rodriguez. Again, that kid's not very big either, dude, but he's just uh, very elusive. We've seen him on the return. He's very quick, uh, that little number 22 running back. He's been their workhorse for sure, Mike. He's been returning all those kicks, and he's had, uh, he's had nine carries. That's probably about his 15 carry right there. So he's, uh, he's def- definitely been their workhorse, you know, especially without that running quarterback. Mata dropping back, looking, looking for his wide receiver. Nice throw from Mata, hits his wide receiver. Boston midfield is number six for the, uh, for the Coyotes. Javier Vasquez on the reception for the Coyotes, and that'll be another first down for the uh, Coyotes. He's had a little bit of time to throw the ball this drive, Mike. He's uh, been able to sit back there in the pocket and kind of read the defense a little bit earlier in the game. We were bringing a lot of pressure on him and stuff like that, and he's been getting the ball out quickly, but he's been able to sit back there and read the defense and, and make some pretty good throws here. Look at that. Again, that was a nice one. Hit the right in the hand. And unfortunately, Duke wasn't able to hold on to it. Yeah, that was number six, uh, Javier Vasquez over there on a little wheel route. He was able to get past our defender. I believe that's uh, Washington out there. And he kind of ran a little wheel right over there to their sidelines. And that ball was put right on the money, just like he said. And hit it right in the hands and wasn't able to bring that one in. Second down and 10. Mata, again, I guess we've got some time to get that arm that you saw on film. I mean, he's got a nice, strong arm. Mata takes a handoff, looking for that little slant route again, and this one's going to be picked off. The wide receiver took a shot, and I believe that's going to be 25 on the interception for the Carolina Wildcats. It's Richard Davis and the wide receiver uh, who took the shot. I believe that was Allen again who put the shot on the wide receiver. Dude. He's slow to get up. As they check on the player on the field, we're going to take a timeout. Wildcats 54-7 over you, Barbara. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. He just knocked the air out of him, huh? Mm-hmm. The trainer's like, get up. Well, he, saw, he, he got those little alligator arms right there. You know, he saw him. He kind of saw Alan coming in. He took that shot right on his shoulder. Just a minute, guys. Yeah, well, let's play right here. Let's, I think they just knocked the air out of them. I watched them go down. Did he tipped it right to Washington or what? I didn't see the interception. Yeah. Yeah, let's put one minute here. We should, we're getting close. What are we, how much time is that left? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, let's go ahead and finish this one out. Okay. And that was uh, Davis, right, on the interception? Oh, uh, Davis? Yeah, 25. Ten seconds. Is that Pima again? No, it's Rivers Roy. Oh, my goodness. Five seconds. How tall is he? He looks tall. He's like 6'3". Rivers Roy has taken over at quarterback for the Wildcats. Another uh, quarterback that Duke is telling him stands about 6'3", wearing number 12, and what the great is this kid in? He's a sophomore as well. He's uh, one of the kids that, that split time for us at quarterback his freshman year, and he kind of took over the reins uh, this year on the JV level. And it's also a surprise to see Feely get in there before him because uh, Feely was actually playing wide receiver for the majority of the year. He would, he would come in at quarterback every once in a while. But this uh, this man right here, Roy R- Rivers Roy, has been uh, been taking the 
the full load right there at quarterback on the JV level, and now he's in showing his skills. There's Roy on the quarterback keeper, lunging forward, picked up a couple of yards, moving up third down and nine. Duke definitely he stands about six to three. Sophomore quarterback, so a couple of young quarterbacks. Duke with some big signs. You said uh, Singles came in about six four. Now uh, you tell me Rivers Roy is at six three. Yeah, I might be giving him a couple inches, but <laughs> he was probably about six two. He grew up a lot, you know. Last year he was just a uh, he was probably about five ten, five eleven, real skinny, and you know he's put on about twenty pounds and gained a couple inches on him. So he's uh he's gonna be one to watch here in the, in the near future, that's for sure. They got. Caden Floyd checking in at wide receiver. That's number 14. We got, uh, I believe that's number 84, Tristan Soto, coming in motion right here. Low snap. Rivers Roy was trying to roll to his right, but the uh, defense quickly coming up to make the play. And the uh, Uvalde players, a little chest pumping going on there, Duke. Uh, you know, you can take what you can get right here. We got number 81, Cage Ember, was lined up at the uh, receiver spot alongside uh, Shannon Price. So, Got a bunch of new faces in there checking in the game. They're going to end up bringing out the punt team here. I believe that's Alec Brown going to come back and into the game and punt this one away, number 40. One man deep for the uh, Coyotes. Standing inside his 20, about the 16-yard line. Play clock at 14. High snap. High footy punter. High punt. This one's only going to travel, though. A few yards, it'll take a sideways bounce and still kind of rolling over to the uh, Wildcat side, Duke. And uh, is, that, is that Brown? I believe that was Brown. Brown, has to, Brown hasn't played since halfway through the first turn, <laughs> through the second quarter, so, you know, his legs might be a little stiff after looking uh, on the sidelines. But <laughs> he kicked that one straight up in the air. You know, you kind of laugh when you see the ball go up higher than it goes in distance. That thing went up about 50 yards in the air. And I hate to say it, only traveled about 10. <laughs> First down and 10 for the uh, Coyotes. Following 39, two minutes and 19 seconds remaining here in the third quarter. Mata has uh, led this offense throughout the night. He remains in a quarterback. He'll dump it off to the wide receiver on the far flat. Number 72 for the Wildcats. And here to make the tackle. That's uh, Julian Beltran on the tackle for Cal Allen. Secondary changes as well. 32 is Joel Garza. Davis playing the other quarterback spot. Number 14 over here is Caden Floyd at the other safety spot. Looks like, uh, I believe that might be Castro in there at the uh, linebacker spot here for the cat. JV move up here for the playoffs. High snap. Gets away from Mata. Mata got his back. to land on it. All on it, should I say. How about the 23? Tough play there for the uh... – My freshman team's got to get in the game, right, Mike? They've got to get in the game. We have to go down there and call the plays good, too. Hopefully I can just call them in if I'm up here on the booth. You know, I might have to go next door and get one of the, the coaches' headsets and call on the plays. But, uh, man, I hope they, they, they get an opportunity to get in this game. 54-7 to seven here with a minute left to go in the third quarter. I think you got to. At this point, you've seen four. We have seen four. With four different quarterbacks already. Yep. Shotgun formation, Mata dropping back. Pressure launching it. Mata really just chunking it downfield and uh, threw the hands of the wide receiver. If he had caught it, he would have been out of bounds. But again, Mata just showing you that strong arm, dude. A big kid. I mean, 
like he launched that one about 40 yards downfield. Um, yeah, he was on the left hash. He threw this one over here to the to the right sideline, so that ball probably went at least, you know, 50 <laughs> yards in the air right there. It was a, it was a big arm for that kid. You know, his, his, his mobility isn't isn't uh, what we've seen a lot, you know, from especially in these spread formations and stuff. Uh, the, the quarterback kind of plays two roles. You know, he can throw the ball, and he can also be a extra running back back there for you, kind of like what Gage does for us. A lot of things we've seen from like the the Ray guys and the Flower Buff guys, stuff like that. But he just uh, it's a big arm. This one, I think the quarterback or the punter should I say are competing. Maybe he took a finish in the last one by Alex Brown, who mocked the punt this one, and he punts it from about the 17. He goes out of bounds at the 24. A negative one yard punt. This one that has to be. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen one. Mike, I, I, I know you're going to say you've never seen a negative punt, but i got to tell you a funny story. My sophomore year, I got thrown into the quarterback spot because uh, the senior ended up getting a concussion that game. I ended up going in, I believe it was the second or third quarter, and I, uh, <laughs> you know, young 15-year-old kid, just got my, uh, my first taste of varsity ball, ended up throwing a couple touchdown passes, and we ended up beating Ray uh, by a pretty good amount, and we come in, and I, I had a punt in the game that may have went nine yards, maybe. And, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm in there, you know, getting some treatment or whatever, and there's a oh, there was a, a young kid in there, and he goes, hey, are, are you the quarterback? And I said, yeah, man, you know, like, I thought he's going to give me, like, oh, you're good, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you can punt better than that, can't you? <laughs> That's the first compliment I got from for my for my varsity skills, so I feel you, man. Sometimes it's sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's tough. Well, I, I mean, again, I'm I'm, I'm going to say Coach Brotherton. I remember this, but I'm going to update myself. I'm with Danaher. Remember, we played San Antonio Clark one time at home, and uh, it was very foggy, very windy. And I remember the San Antonio Clark punter literally punted the ball. The ball crosses the line of scrimmage. The wind brings it back, and the punter catches it. He caught it? He caught it. So the ball, but it because it crossed the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was a big confusion by the referees, but it literally crossed the line of scrimmage. It, the wind brings it back, and the punter caught it. So he caught it from where he turned it. To say I've never seen a negative punt, I won't say it again. Think it back, and that was San Antonio Clark at home. I'll have to ask Coach Stanford about that. Third quarter has come to an end. We wait to see if uh, Coach Duke's uh, freshman team will make it in for the parents as we've switched into the field. The Coyotes are trailing 54-7 to to the Cowboy Wildcats as they will now drive right to left on the radio dial here from Northeast Independent School District as we get ready for the fourth quarter. And about a uh, 12 minutes away from uh, starting their off-season program, we did get an updated score from the Mercedes uh, Shareland game. Uh, I want to thank Rich Dillon for helping us out. Looks like uh, Mercedes has taken the lead 14 to 7 in that matchup in the third quarter. Uh, so, um, again, Mercedes with the, with the lead over the Shareland Rattlers. Well, that's not going to help my my, uh, my freshman's opportunity right there. Just a bad snap right there. I was on the ground, and Rivers always trying to pick it up. And looks like the Uvalde Coyotes will come up with this one, so they're going to take over. On the Cal Allen 31-yard line, just a, uh, a snap that never really got off the ground right there. Just kind of rolled back to, to Rivers back there, and he kind of tried to pick it up. When he was trying to pick it up, he got hit. The uh, Kyle defender will jump on top of it, so the Kyle will take, 
Over on offense, at the Cal Allen 31. First down and 10 for the uh, Coyotes. Then Mata brings the uh, Coyotes back on the field. Kind of watching that game over in the Valley to see who we will take on next week. Mata dropping back. Mata hits his wide receiver in the far flat. About a three-yard pass turns into about an eight-yard gain. Pretty good open field tackle right there by number 14. That's Caden Floyd coming in, making that spot. He's going to be a little gingerly hop over here to the to the sideline. Looks like Fulton Duff will check in at the safety spot for him. couple of the scores to get it from the Valley as we're tracking the Mercedes game. Ed Couch out to take it on Pioneer. Ed Couch for the night game, 35-21. to 21. Uh, Lopez, Brownsville Lopez taking on uh, Laredo Nixon. They are tied up at 14 apiece. And then uh, Memorial uh, Patriots, that's also a, a mission school, taking on Memorial High School Chargers. And Memorial leading that game 28 to 7. And still late in the third quarter, Mercedes over Sherryland 13 to 7. There should be about three minutes left to go in the third quarter of that game. Mata bounces, tries to hit his wide receiver, but it bounces on the carpet. Right here in front of us at about the 45-yard line, intended for J.T. Servino. A couple of updates on our district scores, Mike. We got uh, the King Mustangs taking care of business over there playing Floresville. They're up 35-7 to with about a minute to go there in the third quarter. Carroll Tigers down 21-7 to at the start of the fourth quarter. And Flower Bluff is uh, up big over Southside, 35-6 to going into the uh, fourth quarter. Scores coming in on our Rabelais INA scoreboard coming to you from Northeast Stadium. Wildcats 54-7 over Uvalde in the five-district matchup. But Danaher looking for his 428th win. And now from every, you know, pretty much every game, he'll be breaking a record his own. Yeah, does he get a, does he get a Gatorade bath and a plaque for every, every game? <laughs> every <laughs> his own record. Nobody gets a banner. He doesn't have all the media attention, but every week he probably wins the game, he breaks his own record. We'll pass play in the uh, near flat, completed to the uh, wide receiver. And it's going to bring up a fourth down to one for the uh, Coyotes. Duke, is this the first time, that, uh, with the exception of the touchdown, that they've crossed midfield against our defense? I believe after that that 15-yard penalty we had early in the game, they got past the uh, 50. But, yeah, it's like uh, they're not going to get this one, Mike. No. Fourth down and one, one with a little draw play right there. We had a bunch of guys up there. looks like number 20. Devin Newkirk, uh, Ty Cade's in there in the mix. A bunch of guys out there are going to stop him. They came up and really put a hit on that running back, number 22, which is uh, David Rodriguez. I mean, you've seen Rodriguez. who has been, uh, you know, the workhorse tonight for the uh, Uvalde Coyotes, and he hit that line of scrimmage, but the defense is right there to hold him. And uh, Wildcats will take over on down. So now we'll see this. At 857, at some point, you want to see your little freshman warming up, trying to see where they're at. Can you, uh, you spot them out there? There's a couple of them. They're standing, trying to get a little bit closer, but all of them got their helmets off right now. So I don't know if uh, <laughs> they're going to be able to get into the game. Not, I'm, I got my fingers crossed up here. Hopefully they can jump in and get at least one or two plays in. But looks like uh, Rivers Roy will bring, bring the offense back out onto the field. Kyle Allen, first down and 10, ball at the 48-yard line. Rivers Roy is the quarterback. I'm going to say that's Price. Price, I haven't seen Price carry the ball since he had that big run. Toss sweep to Price. Price coming on the right side. Price breaking the tackle. Price lunging the field. Price will pick up, uh, well, excuse me, we'll say about seven, eight yards on that carry. 
brings it out just uh, to the 45. So, yes, seven-yard carry for the uh, running back, number five, uh, Price. Just a little top sweep over here to the right side. That's, uh, you know, last year when we, we came out every game where we ran either 28 or 29, which is basically what they just ran, called 28, just to the right side. And I believe we scored the first play of the game probably five or six times last year with Price. So to go back to that play and let him get out there in the, in the open field and make some guys miss, this time they're going to give him the ball up the gut with a little power play to the right side, and he's going to pick up another seven or eight yards. Mike can pick up a first down. Nice carry there. You can see the quickness of the uh, young man, number five, Price. Inside the uh, 40 to the 38-yard line, clock rolling, 753. Rivers Roy, sophomore quarterback, running number 12, is uh, leading the quarterback, or leading the offense, shall I say. Lines up under center, two tight end steps. All resting at the 38-yard line, first down and 10. This time, handoff to number 13, Lawton uh, Moeller, and Moeller's going to go for a loss to back to the uh, 35-yard line, which uh, is going to be about a seven-yard loss on the play. It'll be second down, and... Uh, We'll call it uh, about 15 to go. At a uh, 16. Two guards pulling over there to the left side. Looks like somebody just missed an assignment right there. Didn't block down. Uh, basically just filling for those pulling guards right there. And they had a guy shoot to the, the offensive line right there and make a make a play in the backfield. See if we go back to Price here. Second down. 13. Lawton Moeller on the carry. Moeller puts his hand on the gar- on the carpet, launches forward, he gets that 36-yard line, so he picks up the seven they lost, and an additional three, for to bring up third down at seven. We'll have to go get some of that that chocolate pudding coffee <laughs> you got, Mike. <laughs> Beyond I, I was, I was uh, telling the guys, I've never seen that. Again, I'm things tonight, I want to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> And for those of you, I'm not a coffee drink. I mentioned that to you. Five suits Price. Price on the right side. Price on the third. Uh, needed, uh, again, that's so smooth. Only needed about seven yards in the carry. Somehow picked up about six. And it's going to bring up a fourth down and short. But, uh, you know, making coffee, I'm, again, I'm not going to say I'm a, a Starbucks guy, but usually you put a couple of scoops in the filter. I want to get coffee, Duke, and I promise you, I have the same good medicine. The coffee was completely to the top. So that was, had to be like two cups of coffee. So I, I, when I noticed it, I pulled the, the coffee, and, and I thought it was like chocolate pudding, like chocolate syrup. <laughs> and I asked the guy, did somebody really make this coffee? <laughs> First down for the rock, but that's a 20-yard line. We need to say I did not drink it. <laughs> that was you made your own. Yes, I did. At that time, I did. I told you, I had a sleepless night last night. Maybe you were a Starbucks guy making your coffee. It was pretty weak. <laughs> Didn't know what I was doing. First down and 10 from the 19. You would like Fox Holy. Again, I'm going to see if we can get these freshman boys to make an appearance. Maybe we'll get them in the red zone. Well, they are in the red zone. Maybe we'll uh, give these young men a shot. Royce, uh, it was Royce. Hand off. Number 13. It's going to be a lot lower, and he takes it inside the uh, 17, about the 16-yard line. And again, the clock rolling. Oh, dude, I see some action here on the sideline. Is up to the JV offensive line. Uh, <laughs> I saw some movement there. Saw some boys running. They're calling him. They're going to call a timeout to get him in the game here, I think, Mike. But, yeah, I was looking down and was hoping it was there, but it's the uh, <laughs> wrong one. Wrong one. Timeout on the field. We're going to take a quick 30-second break. Wildcats 54, you've this 7. We'll be back with more Wildcat football 
Turn match. Setting up here, making a move. 
still on his feet. Out to the 25 is going to be return man number, I believe it's number 16, on the return for the uh, Coyotes. It's Damian Mendoza on the return up to the 25-yard line. I think number 20, Devin Newkirk, was able to uh, bring the ball carrier down right there. Brian Waters, you know, we mentioned his name a bunch last week. He was the... Uh, the first man down, making a couple tackles last week. That time he was the first man down once again. Was just uh, just missed the uh, defender right there, the, the ball carrier right there. Was able to get his hand out, but wasn't able to bring him down. And Newkirk came out to clean up the mess. Talk about Gonzalez. You can see where he's in tonight. And then you got a backup snapper. You got your backup holder. And it's just, the timing's been a little off. This kid is really last week, Duke, uh, had his first field goal attempt. I mean, he took the 38 yard field goal attempt with the uh, time running out before halftime, which really kind of changed the momentum of the game against Fly Bluff. That was the first, like you said, the first uh, opportunity he had all year to pick a field goal. And, man, right before halftime, pressure-filled situation in the district championship, live television, and he came in and made a heck of a kick. So, you know, he's, he's been making strides all year, especially on the kickoff team as well. So he's been, uh, been doing a good job for us this year. But, you know, that last time we had, uh, we had a bunch of backups in there on the field goal team, and they just <laughs> basically ran through it right there and almost – Almost, you know, like to not see him take that hit right there at the end, but uh, he's been doing a really good job for us ever since he's got moved up. Lots of wide helmets on the field now. The whole, pretty much the defensive front, and uh, had some movement. Looks like like one of my freshmen finally made it into the game, Mike. That's number 35. You might remember the name. Riggs Barrett is their uh, linebacker. uh, Little brother of we're in the same number, I believe. That's the yeah, that's the same number or same jersey that Reese wore last year. Big number thirty-five in there playing linebacker for us. So he's in there in the game. Looks like he's going to be on a blitz. I'm going to watch him the entire play. So let me know what happens. <laughs> Two minutes fifty-five seconds. Shotgun formation. Handoff to be a running back. Going on the right side, trying to get some running room. And now you can again see some of that uh, big seventy-four. The big lineman just kind of plowing people over once the play is over, Duke. Yeah, he's getting his last shots in. <laughs> last shots of the year, you know. Back to right. Fox rolling 234. Wildcats in the for the next round. Mercedes is uh, he's a senior, Mike. I just looked down at the rock. He's a senior. So, you know, he's uh, getting them all he can. That's going to be his last game of his career down 60 to 7 here with uh, about two minutes and 20 seconds left to go in the game. They're going to bring on the punt team once again. Mata will come in to kick this one away. Nobody bags deep for the Wildcats. Look for the rugby style kicks. That's what they've done all night. There it is. High end of ring kick. Again, another short kick by the uh, punter, Mata. Wrestling will come up and we'll mark it out of bounds. We'll take a quick timeout. One minute, 59 seconds remaining in this game. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Let's go 30 seconds. 30 seconds only. Freshman in, Mike. I don't know. Yeah. A couple of them, at least. Five seconds. Which ones? Uh, 64. Let's you call them out. All right, you guys are live. All right, welcome back as we get ready to start this drive. 158, clock rolling, and Coach Duke does have a couple of his freshman players in on the game. 
Number one, quarterback keeper on the left side, going around the left side, picks up 10 yards inside the 30 to about the 29-yard line. Looks like number 64 is Ethan Clifton, one of my freshmen in there at left guard. Trying to see if there's any other ones in there. I believe he might be the only one, Mike. The rest of them are, I think they're JV guys in there. But it is uh, you know, pretty neat. We're getting a couple of my... Our freshman in the game, Riggs Barrett. Ethan Clifton in there in the game. There you go. Number one has taken over at quarterback and half the offensive formation move, but no flag on that one. Quarterback keeper to left side. Gets hit. They'll be brought down. Uvalde's season will come to an end, Duke. Uh, they will drop to 7-4. and four. As their season will come to an end, uh, their head coach is uh, Gary Griffin. Congratulations to the Uvalde Coyotes. We wish them a safe trip home. Very hard-fought game, but uh, this uh, Wildcat offense and defense is just too much. I'm going to give a special team. Just all three phases of the game working well tonight for the Wildcats. Under 40 seconds to play here in the game. Shotgun formation, high snap. Quarterback launching it downfield, trying to hit his wide receiver, and he's hit as he throws the ball. It'll drop incomplete. So the clock stops with 32 seconds. Stopping the clock. There it goes. Oh, they are running it now. So I think this will be the last play of the game if they get it off. And look across the field. That's what it's about. Look at the student body. They're having fun. The band's in there. They don't even know they're down. And they're just here to have a good time and, and enjoying the nice matchup. You know, you come out here and, uh, you know, you get the band dancing and get, you know, playing their music. And I think they kind of forget to look at the scoreboard. But tonight, it's all about student body having fun and uh, coming out. Entertainment fans, the final tonight from Colorado Stadium, Cal Allen 60, Uvalde 7. We'll be back with the Rabelais IME Post Game Show on 1360 KKTX. Did the fourth quarter already end, or how far are we in? The game's over, buddy. Give us two minutes. Okay. Yeah, two minutes. We'll be fine. We'll, we'll get into that we'll the post game. 17-7. Mercedes at home next week. I don't know why this one's not updated. Oh, it just updated now. What was the score when we played Mercedes? We played in the first game. 20 to 7. 20 to 7? We played in Mercedes, right? For new stadium? Yeah. That was week two. It is. One minute. Sounds good. Rich is already out of the first cable. He's gone. In this room. 30 seconds. 
Welcome back to our Rattlers Iron Post Game Show, coming to you live from Comalander Stadium as the Wildcats will advance into the next round as they wait for the winner between Mercedes and Sherryland. And right now, Coach Duke, the last score we had was uh, Mercedes leading their matchup. Uh, what was it? Uh, 17 to 7. Yeah, so they're in the fourth quarter as well. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that game to see how that one goes. But uh, right now, it's going to be uh, a good matchup as we took on Mercedes to begin the season. I don't know if, you know, going back to week zero, Wildcats with the 20-7 win over Mercedes. So that game will take place in Cal Allen. Uh, so that matchup is pretty much set. Mercedes? We'll be playing at Kingsville. Oh, we'll be Kingsville. I ain't got my bad. So, again, coffee hasn't quite kicked in yet. <laughs> Two weeks, I guess. Two weeks. But they were either way. We're, we're 30 minutes from home. So, you know, Kingsville's not a bad thing. You've got a nice stadium, turf, uh, neutral site. So, I was definitely home for an advantage. It's supposed to go 30 minute ride down the, you know, the road. Mercedes would have almost a two hour ride to come in for that game. So, again, it would be a great matchup. That was the real rematch of week zero when we took on Mercedes at their place uh, in Mercedes when we uh, opened up the season. So, that's what we're looking at right now. But tonight, this is too much to out. I mean, offense. Defense and special teams dominated tonight over the uh, the Uvalde Tigers. This season will come to an end seven and four. Their record, the Wildcats, will improve to ten and one. Hope's Daniel picks up another win in the record book as he gets to four hundred and twenty-eight career wins. Uh, again, improving on that total of uh, you know, you know, getting that little bit of a buffer. Last week he had, you know took over the uh, record over GA Moore with with the one win, and now you know, kind of stretching that lead out. You can cut that uh, little kick going down the stretch, Banner with an extra win tonight, picking up 428. As the coach and works on the fast to our left, final here is a 60-7 to from Cumberland Stadium. We'll be back. We'll get the stats for you. A lot for left to come on the Revelate on the post game show. We'll be back with more Wildcats for Buff on 1360 KKTX. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes? Yeah, we've got to get caught up. Okay, I got you for two minutes. I look like Cardona was staring up here. One minute. Gotcha.
And we have played some other football games throughout the years. We played like Travis here. We played Kerber here uh, a couple of years ago. So, again, it's been a good home to the Carolina Wildcats. But next week, we'll either be at home or Kingsley. But we know the outcome. Uh, as it looks like right now, Mercedes is leading that game 17-7 to over Sherryland. We're going to take another break, our last break here on the Rabelais IME Post Game Show. You're listening to Carolina Wildcats football on 1360 KKPX. Two minutes, two minutes. How are we looking at commercials now? Hey, Greg? Yes, sir. After we play this two-minute break, how are we looking? Yeah, after this two-minute break, that's the last one. Okay, good. Well, then we'll come back and I'll close it out because Duke's got a long drive home and I do soon. Okay. Next week, it looks like we'll be in Kingsville Friday night. I'm sorry, say that again? Next week, looks like we will be in Kingsville on Friday night. Okay. As long as you let Frank know, we'll... Yeah, well, just if you don't mind, if you don't, if you don't shoot him an email or something, just say, hey, Mike mentioned we'll be Friday night in Kingsville. That's way currently stands. Okay. If you don't mind, I appreciate that. But I'll, I'll shoot him an email, but mine won't hit until Monday. Appreciate your help tonight, man. No problem, no problem. My job to help. Well, got your feet wet now. They got you running, huh? Yeah, they're pretty much. <laughs> All right, you got yourself one minute left. You got this? Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I'm gonna start tearing this down. Perfect. We're going to close it out after this. I'm going to do a quick summary and that's it. Stadium's already empty. Okay. Ten seconds. Perfect. Five seconds. All right, welcome back to the Rabelais INA Post Game Show coming to you from Northeast San Antonio on a Friday night. I'd like to thank everybody for being with us on a Friday night. The Wildcats wrapping up the five district matchup against the Uvalde Coyotes for the finals, 60 to 7. Over Uvalde, I'd like to congratulate Uvalde on a great season. Their season comes to an end at 7 and 4. Wildcats improve their record at 10 and 1 as they await the winner between Mercedes and Sherryland. The last score we had on that one we mentioned to you was. Uh, Mercedes leading that matchup 17-7 in the fourth quarter. If Mercedes is able to hold on, that game will take place in Kingsville, Halloween uh, Stadium next Friday night. The uh, coaches show is starting at 7 o'clock, 7.30 kickoff. I'd like to thank again real quickly. I'd like to thank uh, Brent Klosterman for helping us out tonight on our Cats Eye Radio. Brent Klosterman with Texas Farm Bureau Instance. I'd like to wish the Canal Wildcats the best of luck in the 2016 playoff run. Whether you're in for home, auto, or life insurance, 
Tips is fun, Neil. So give your family the protection it deserves. This is possible to call today, 361-815-0608. Stop by his office at 643 South on Highway 77 in Robson. To meet all your insurance needs, Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, give him a call, 815-0608. Let Britt know you heard this uh, advertisement here on Cat's Eye Radio on 1360 KKTX. Again, for helping us out, I'd like to say thank you, Brent, for being part of the show and uh, stepping, us up, uh, stepping up and helping us out. Again, we'd like to thank all our sponsors for making it possible. For the Prime Time Crew, coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, our producer, Greg Garcia, our statistician is Coach Mike Bevington. Our color commentator is Coach Ryan Duke. I'm Mike Guerrero, the final from San Antonio Northeast Stadium, Cal Allen, 60, Yvonne 7, the final from Northeast San Antonio. Good night. God bless. We'll do it again next week. Clear. All right, thanks. Thanks, buddy. No, thank you. You have a nice
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.